0: This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Should almost have about a five hour show today for all the incredible sports to talk about coming out of the weekend, but uh, split for the Winnipeg Jets legendary all-time World Cup final wild weekend of the National Football League. We'll hit it all today right here on WST. Uh, Scott Billick's going to jump on in about 20 minutes to get things going. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press as well. And a little later on, we've been talking about this for a while, AEW is coming to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's Chris Jericho is coming to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll have Jericho himself on a little later on and of course the final week of qualifying races for the Consolidated Supply Winnipeg Sports Talk Tournament of Champions Marble Race and I do believe another new version of the Marble Race song from the one and only Tristan Rivers music so it's all coming up we've got a packed show and lots to get to right out of the gate with Michael Remus before we do that a big holiday greeting and thank you for the incredible support we get from the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, Cool Bet Canada, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, Consolidated Supply, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Culligan Water, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, of course, Canadian Club Whiskey, Little Brown Jug Brewing as well. A couple 1919s on the weekend, watching all this great sports. Uh, let's get right to it and welcome Michael Remus in because uh, tons of Jets news to talk about heading into another very busy week before the Christmas break. And uh, as I mentioned, a lot of other interesting things that happened on the weekend. Remo, what's up? How was uh
1: How was a couple of days off for you? Couple of days off. It was the weekend, back to back. us uh, it was a tough schedule out there, but uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great weekend. I got to be honest, I was. Someone said, "Why is there football on Saturday, like NFL?" I was like, "Well, because they got to sell, make a TV package, and sell it for big, big dollars." I loved it. More Saturday football, three game slate. It was amazing those games—the Vikings game, and uh, the other, that night game with the snow, and they're throwing the snowballs in Buffalo. Loved it. But the main event of the weekend was the Jets game on Saturday, with a total beatdown and embarrass a total embarrassment of the Vancouver Canucks. Love that. So I'm feeling pretty good today. Even though the Jets didn't win yesterday. They won the game that mattered. The national TV game. Maybe Elliot will start using the correct uh, acronym or abbreviation for the Jets now.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? Listen, with all due respect to both the National Football League and the Jets, I think the main event happened in Qatar yesterday morning. That World Cup final.
1: This is Winnipeg sports talk. not, Not world sports talk.
0: Well, listen. Most people in winter you're you're one of the few, you're one of the few only clueless holdovers that don't get or pay attention to soccer. That's a you problem, not yeah. everyone else's. Hey, I'm. I thought we were focused on. And if you weren't, and if anyone here. wasn't paying attention to that game yesterday yeah. morning, that was a big L on them because it really was. I, I mean, a matchup that people will be talking about. Never mind the greatest soccer matches of all time considering the scope. So one of the truly great sporting events of all time, it was uh, Mbappe with the hat trick, Messi getting the trophy. Oh man, it was, uh, I know Bilic will have uh, taken it in, so we'll talk about it, it with him a little later on. But listen, Remo, let's start off with the Jets, because as you mentioned, it was a split on the weekend, real nice performance on Saturday, and I don't know, pretty hard to deduce anything else other than that was a team that absolutely hit the wall last night in Seattle, having played so much that they have. But, but, Before we even get to the games, I mean, the biggest news of the weekend around the Winnipeg Jets came out Saturday afternoon when we found out that not only was Nate Schmidt out four to six weeks after getting trucked by Tanner Jeannot in the Nashville game on Thursday, but Winnipeg Jets captain Blake Wheeler is going to be out a month after having groin surgery after the game and Listen, we'll hear from Rick Bonus in a second. They didn't want to get too much into the details of what had happened to the longtime Winnipeg Jet leader, Uh, but it's pretty clear that that was a very uncomfortable injury suffered by Blake Wheeler. And honest to God, man, this is the toughest player I've maybe ever seen in my life. When you think about what he's been through, how he has always stepped up to play, and the fact that he finished the game On Thursday night, after taking a puck you-know-where, resulting in surgery, and man, Remo, if you recall the last 10 minutes of the game on Thursday night, I mean, Blake Wheeler had one play where he put the shoulder down, went around, and almost power drove the net for the winning goal. Uh, Listen, the legend of Blake Wheeler, there's a lot of stories about him over the course of these years, and... I know last year wasn't a great one for him, but he's been a great story this year for the Winnipeg Jets as really part of the solution and the turnaround. Um, But my God, the legend of his toughness, I think got cranked up a few more notches when we found out what he was dealing with in the third period of that game. And of course, in addition to the accolades for being so damn tough, this is also a huge hole in the Jets lineup that uh, really, I
1: think was evident last night in Seattle. Yeah. The Jets, you know, got to where they are and, They really haven't had the injuries that team like Colorado has had, or Toronto's had on the, on the back end. Um, You know, Florida is dealing with some top guys out here and there. They hadn't had that. And now they just, it was pretty much just Ehlers and Appleton, but now uh, injuries cropping up. Uh, Blake Wheeler took the shot uh, in the midsection from Josh Morrissey. And then Nate Schmidt uh, is out as well after the hit from Janot. So they're dealing with that. So, I think the t- topic on Saturday was how many millions of dollars with Ehlers, Wheeler, and Schmidt they have on, on the IR. But Blake Wheeler, we knew um, that he was tough. And I was telling you, you know, before the start of the show, I remember when he ran into the boards in Dallas and you were in the building and he thought that he wasn't going to get up from it. I remember. And he I'll didn't never miss forget it. that. And- I will never forget that. That, and just quickly to that Dallas bit, that was, I believe, at the
0: end of the season in 2014. Um, after when, and Adam, uh, Andrew Ladd had been traded. So they didn't have a captain at the time. And, you know, the team was playing out the stretch. They were still mathematically alive for the playoffs. And Blake Wheeler got smoked into the opening of the bench and it looked absolutely horrible, like potentially a very serious injury. Like forget about him playing the rest of the season And about three minutes later, with the game in the final minutes, there's Blake Wheeler out there again. And I remember saying on 1290 afterwards, um, folks, if there was any question about who the Winnipeg Jets next captain was, I think it was answered last night. And that might be the best
1: example of it, Remus. But as you mentioned in that post, that was far from the only one. Yeah, there's a couple others. Um, He got a puck in the throat and didn't miss any time. I remember he smashed his knee once into the post and was fine last year. Remember we saw that injury, the knee injury. He thought he was done for the year and he came back pretty quickly when he hurt his knee in Vancouver. So, um, you know, hearing you, I think you gasp when you hear about that injury that he suffered. And, um, I mean, what can you say? He's among the toughest to him to come and, and play. And it's funny. There was a play before he drove to that where he, I tried, I think fell. You're like, how did this guy just fall on his own? Now you know, huh. it's amazing he was even skating.
0: No, it 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 really is. Um, and I mean, I just think back to to Wheeler. Since coming to Winnipeg in 2011 12, he played all 80 games. I believe that was an 80 game season, or maybe you missed a couple in the first year. If there was 82, played all 48 the next year in the shortened season. 82 and 13 14 missed three games in 14-15, all 82 the next year, all 82 the next year, and in 2017-18 played 81 and was sat by the coaches in the final game of the season against the Calgary Flames after the Jets had clinched and then went the full 82 in 2018-19. I mean, you know, with the exception of a couple of injuries the last uh, last two seasons, Blake Wheeler, for the most part, has been as close to an Iron Man as we've had with this franchise and with this season, probably ever. And, um, you know, to play that much and to play that sort of a role, you do have to battle through a lot of things. And I'm not sure there's a guy that has done that. I mean, here's our why not question of the day Is Blake Wheeler the tough, never mind the toughest Winnipeg Jet or the toughest Jet player since the, in 1.0 history? Is he the toughest guy in Winnipeg? Well, you have a guy that might be up for that honor a little later on in the program in Chris Jericho. Uh, But give us your thoughts on uh, Wheeler playing through that, but also the hole that his absence has created. Because as much as we can give him the accolades, Remus, for playing in that third period against Nashville in a huge game for uh, the club in the Central Division, his absence is going to be missed. And uh, man, they missed him uh, last night against the Seattle Kraken.
1: Yeah, we don't want to use the excuse button too often. If at all, we're kind of over that. However, however, you could tell, you know, they had the flu last week and you could tell they were kind of out of gas in that Nashville game and they gutted out a win in overtime. Vancouver, they went in and absolutely smashed the Vancouver on national TV, embarrassed the Canucks who have no direction as a franchise and have mismanaged their roster for years. Um... And then look, they had a look. They had a tough look. Less than twenty four hours later, you're already dealing with the flu. You're dealing with guys out of the lineup. This was kind of what I was expecting on Saturday after you announced Schmidt and Wheeler are gone. I think they're allowed to have a a game like that once in a while. Thankfully, they are where they are. But it's going to be tough here with Schmidt and Wheeler out for long term. Ehlers remains out as well. And you look at the team's right wingers. Um, you know, it's not what it was to start there. You're missing a number of them and. Uh, you know they play great in uh, in Vancouver. This is Connor Dubois Gagne line. I mean Dubois. No, I don't think anyone was talking that he had three assists. This guy's quietly putting together a career year among with an, a number of Jets. So uh, I I don't want to say schedule loss on Sunday, Hus, But I think they were they were in a tough spot and they almost those are games where they you know where they were in tough spots and they would pull them out like the first game in Seattle where they got kind of lucky because Carson Susie took a boneheaded penalty. But they weren't able to. Only managed, well, like three shots in the third period. And they started slow, too. I think it was they three. One of the periods they had three shots. One, they had two shots. Oh, yeah, three in the first, two in the third. They had a good middle period. But you could tell the injuries and, you know, the flu, the travel. Let's We can put our laundry list. Hey, listen. They were running
0: on flumes. They were running on fumes. It's pretty obvious, yeah. And you know, in that in a in a tough, tight game like that, you really need to dig down. Um, listen, I'm sure they tried. They just didn't have a lot in it. And and listen, five minutes left in the game, you're still tied two two. Very much in the mix to grab a point. And you know, unfortunately, with what 423 left, they gave up what ended up being the winning goal. I'll say this: I thought big save Dave was awesome last night. Yep. I mean, David Riddick has been. You know, I, I know how badly that first period went in Vegas, but I do remember on Twitter, Hey everyone, can we pump the brakes? Like, let's give this guy a little bit more of an opportunity. And, um, you know, literally since then, I think he's been really solid and, um, you know, almost was able to drag a very tired and depleted jets club into OT to at least get a point. All that being said, nice win on Saturday. And yeah, I will echo what you had to say about the Vancouver Canucks. That was dreadful. Um, you know, I had some friends. Our old pal Joel Marcoux was at the was at the game on the weekend, and I was actually in Seattle as well yesterday. Um, and he said that Canuck fans were having none of that performance on Saturday night. But um, you know, as poor as the Canucks were, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Winnipeg Jets and the way they played. I mean, that was vintage bonus systems um, you know they only gave up I believe 11 shots in the first two periods and uh, the Jets were quick on the transition making the most of their opportunities and I think knowing what was to come and how difficult of a spot that was on the schedule with the game in Seattle it was imperative that they built off their strong game against Nashville and got the two points and uh, they did exactly that and uh, listen it would have been nice to get greedy and grab a couple more points out of the weekend it didn't happen but now the team comes home today and gets ready for an Ottawa Senators team that's been playing quite well as of late for a quick game at home before getting right back on the plane and going to Boston and Washington. And as I said, we'll get back to Rick Bonus in a minute. Um, I am a little nervous, and we'll talk more about tomorrow's game um, when, uh, when we get to tomorrow's program, but... This is a spot, Ottawa is a desperate team. They have to get on a roll right now to get back into, you know, just having the opportunity to play meaningful games in the second half of the season. And you know sometimes when you get, you know, a tough road trip with a bunch of travel, sometimes it is a difficult spot when you come home. Uh, I know a lot of people will just look at Ottawa coming in and will automatically put the W in the win column. Far from it. I think this is going to be a real test for the Jets tomorrow. And I'll be interested to see what the lineup looks like Um, Carson Kuhlman, you know, got a chance to play up on the top line on the weekend in his debut for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't believe he's long for that spot. And Mikey Esimont was apparently scratched on the weekend after climbing all the way up into the top six. So uh, whenever we see Esimont back in the game, I imagine that he will be even more energetic than he normally is, trying to maybe get a better grasp on a spot in the regular lineup right now after missing a couple games. games. Uh, but that being said, Bones doesn't have a lot of options right now with all these injuries.
1: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see till tomorrow. Um, what happens with the lineup? Yeah. Kuhlman uh, drawing in with a uh, Shafi Perfetti, Sam Gagne moving up with Connor and Dubois who were excellent uh, on Saturday. It's funny. Someone mentioned in chat, you know, Vancouver was on quite a run coming into that game against the jets. They were actually winning. It was like seven and three in their last 10. And yeah, Absolutely got pasted. Uh, they're keeping the Baron Lowry Harkins line together, and then Gus with Stanny. They like Stanley work on the faceoff and Axel. Nice snipe there by Axel too. Everyone getting in on the act on uh, on Saturday, and Kyle Capobianco has drew in on defense. Billy Hanla hadn't played; he had the flu. He was did get called up and was with the team, but uh, Cap he had that spinorama in the offensive zone in the first period. He was feeling it. And then drilled a a couple nights. Well, Pionk had a rocket too on his goal. So, our D are coming. Bone said at the beginning of the season, the D are coming. And they certainly are. We're all over uh, Vancouver on Saturday. And I mean, no one's coming more this season than Josh Morrissey, who's still leading the team in points. Uh, And he's got that assist, uh, franchise assist streak, beat Dustin Bufflin. And Mike McIntyre has tweeted out. The assist leaders in the NHL. Uh, there's only four players ahead of Josh Morrissey in assists. Do you know who they are? They're pretty good players, and you might say some of the best players in the league. And here they are from Mike McIntyre. I believe it's uh, Kucherov, who McDavid and Dreisaitl more assists than Josh <laughs> Morrissey. Um, that's quite a. You know, maybe we were joking about Josh Morrissey like early on, but uh, I think it's—he's it's definitely it should be in the conversation. And there he is, fourth in assists. Kutrov. oh sorry, Panarin. Uh, he had a great game yesterday. He passed him yesterday. So Panarin's ahead of him too. Dreisalder, McDavid, Kutrov.
0: Well, and there was also, and I don't have it in front of me, but the NHL tweeted out a, a stat of uh, Josh Morrissey's the fastest players. Oh, I saw that to 30 fastest defenseman to 30 assists and again in some some pretty special and rarefied company um when it comes to uh when it comes to that list listen the guy's having a career year and uh continually doing it for the jets in all aspects and man how about that slap pass to shifley last night i mean that's exactly how you draw it draw it up and oh yeah here it is right now fewest games to 30 assists in a season by defensemen since 92-93. Carlson and Leach got it in 29. Carlson, Zubov, and Steve Duchesne in 30. And then there's Josh Morrissey at 31, along with Zubov, McInnis, and Paul Coffey. So uh, some pretty good company right now, and it just speaks to the, uh, uh, the, the season that Josh Morrissey's having. But, Remote, while well, we talk about Morrissey, and he's been leading the team in scoring throughout the year, you just mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois, who had another productive weekend. And Dubois now second in goal scoring on the team behind Mark Scheifele, who's leading the way with 19. He's got 15 and now 20 assists on the year at 35 points. He and his linemate Kyle Connor, both at 35 I mean, the Jets are getting some pretty balanced scoring amongst their top six. And of course, Blake Wheeler is going to be out. You know, it was almost on a point a game pace at 26 points in 29 games. So, uh, listen, more and more being on the shoulders of the likes of Dubois, Connor, and Shifley up front. Um, Uh, but also some big opportunity for somebody to step up, uh, barring any sort of a trade and any help from the general manager coming anytime soon. And obviously with the roster freeze going into Christmas, don't expect anything happening this week. Um, There is some opportunity for some guys that maybe don't normally get the chance to play with top end players like that. It was Kuhlman on the weekend. I'm not sure whether that'll be the case going forward. I'll tell you what, just as another aside from the game, I'll tell you who the guy I was most impressed with all weekend and I think if we were doing a Winnipeg Jets stock watch would have the, uh, the sharpest angle going up. It was steady Kevin Stenland. He looked great on the weekend Remus. And I think if he plays the way he did uh, on Saturday and on Sunday, Rick bonus, will find a spot for him
1: potentially even higher up in the lineup as the need, uh, need arises. Yeah. They like his faceoffs. He's big. He plays middle. Um, I'm curious uh, what's going to happen with him going forward. And I agree with you. We'll have to wait and see. So tomorrow, the Jets are off today, you know. After uh, the travel and all that, and they'll get, you know, we'll get some line, line stuff uh, tomorrow morning at the morning skate before the game against Ottawa. One other thing we should mention, Hus, Um you know, you mentioned on the show last week, Connor Hellebuck as a Hart Trophy candidate, candidate, the best numbers he's had, you know, maybe ever or since the Vesna season, and it was Elliot Friedman who mentioned it on Saturday. So I don't know if Elliot listens to the show, loyal what, viewer. But, but people were giving Elliot props for mentioning. You were the first one to mention it. And I went Wait. on a sports book to check if you could even bet on Hellbuck to win the heart. And he wasn't even, wasn't even listed. So I think you were the first one. I think he's a legitimate candidate and we'll see. And he's going to be very important too. Now that they're dealing with all these injuries. And I agree. We'll have to see who, which forward steps up into a bigger scoring role. We, You know, thankfully, they've banked all these points. They're, what, first in point percentage in the division. They've still a couple of games short on Dallas. And Hellebuck, very, uh, he's going to be very important. Yeah, one one less game, you know, first in points percentage in the division. Uh, So he's going to be very important uh, going forward. And there was some debate, you know, who plays the first game of the back-to-back, who plays the second. Give him the extra day of rest. Have him play the first game. Bank yourself a win. And Ridge plays the second. I thought he was pretty good. And he's been solid as a backup. And we'll go forward a bit very busy week here with another back to back uh Thursday Friday heading into the holiday weekend.
0: Yeah, listen, I think we can count on Heli going tomorrow night and it all uh like is it is it Washington or Boston first? I think it's I think it's uh, Boston i just take on it Thursday. one day at a
1: time, Hustler. I don't I don't know. It's like is there a game tonight? And I mean, uh it's Boston Thursday and Wash at Washington Friday, and I wonder if hopefully Ovechkin, you know, sets passes the record, uh Pass the second tonight. So I don't have to do a ceremony Friday or anything.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, I would imagine we'll see Hellebuck uh, against Ottawa and Boston. And then, depending on the games, most likely uh, Big Save Dave will get the opportunity uh, against the Washington Capitals. Uh, But let's hear from Bones uh, because, as we mentioned, I mean, and we'll talk about this both with uh, Billick and Hammer. Um, as to what's left of the lineup. But um, first, here was Rick Bones on the Wheeler injury. Uh, This is how he described it on Saturday afternoon.
2: Well, he's had a procedure, and he is probably out uh, at least four weeks, Uh, as are everyone else on our injured list. Uh, We don't expect anyone coming back in the next three weeks at all, three to four weeks. But Blake, uh, yeah, you give him 100% uh, a lot of credit to come back and play in the third period like he did uh, he was one tough cookie man. He just, and he's, he'll just he play through everything. This is something that had to be dealt with. It's dealt with, and we need him to have a speedy recovery and get him back on the ice and in the room as quick as we can.
3: How uh, specific can you get in terms of the nature of the injuries? Yes, the as far right?
2: as I'm going.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that laugh. <laughs>
0: it's as far as he's going, and honestly, I just cringe thinking about the pain of an injury of that, of
1: that nature. Ree. Yeah. You probably got to talk about something with the uh, balls, right? You got hit where he got hit by the puck. I know we've kind of danced around the word, but I mean, it's crazy. And he did take a puck there in the playoffs. Was it uh, against the Oilers? Said good, what, good, you know, made the joke. Good thing. He's already had kids. And I hope to hear all the gruesome details of the surgery when Blake Wheeler returns. You hope to
0: hear that, eh? Jeez. It's a cautionary tale, Huss. Wear a cup.
1: Cautionary tale for everyone. Sick
0: sick individual. Um, Listen, uh, we're going to get Billick on to talk more about this, but let's just play number two here. Um, Just a little bit more from Bones on uh, the growing injury list in Winnipeg. And uh, Blake Wheeler and now Nate Schmidt out four to six weeks.
3: Did Blake have surgery? Was there a surgery
2: involved? Procedure, yes. Procedure. And was that yesterday? You're coming right back to that. I know. So. You're not gonna let this go. <laughs> uh, was it yesterday? Like it wasn't right it after was, the game. No, it was yesterday. Yeah.
3: And would would him playing have exacerbated it or that that was just a call on his part to
2: yeah. play through he, the game? He pain. thought he could play and he did. And if you go and you look at the at the third period, uh, there's three and a half minutes to go in the game and it's a 1-1 game. And The puck goes back to the D and, and who's the first guy in that front is Blake looking for a tip, looking for a screen. He didn't hesitate to go in there. So, again, he's a tremendous competitor.
3: And, sir, you said a month is kind of the timeline. Is that including Nate Schmidt or is, is his? Yep.
2: Nate is an upper body injury and he's probably, he's four to six weeks.
3: So it's more than
2: concussion protocol. This is not concussion. He, he he cleared all of that. This is an upper body injury. It has nothing to do with the concussion. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So there's a little bit um, from Rick Bonus on Saturday, breaking down the bad news about Nate Schmidt and longtime former captain Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to get to it with Scotty Billick coming up in just a second. Hey, folks, holidays are here. A lot of people are doing very important work in our community, helping those in need at this point, um, doing charity work. A perfect, perfect time for you to let us know about an unsung hero in the community. Of course, we're teaming up with Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey in support of the Dream Factory and recognizing unsung heroes doing work to make our community a better place. What we need from you, is to tell us about some of these folks. Fire us a quick email, unsung hero at winnipegsportsstalk dot com, and let us know about that person in your life or in your community um, that's spending time <laughs> and hours and effort helping improve the lives of those around them. I mean, it really can be anything. Uh, People that are doing a lot of charity work in and around the holidays, people that are active at their community centers, people in the education system, in the healthcare system. Let us know about these unsung heroes. And one lucky unsung hero every month is going to get an autographed jersey from Josh Morrissey himself and... We'll make a $500 donation. Wallace and Wallace will in the name of our Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that provides the nomination. And Josh and Margo Morrissey are going to match that as well. So another $1,000 donation to the Dream Factory coming up and another autographed Josh Morrissey jersey to an unsung hero. Let us know. Send us an email. Fill us in on that unsung hero in your life. Unsung hero at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, Consolidated Supply brings us the Marbles Tournament of Champions a little later on today. Check out everything Consolidated Supply has going on right now at their new website at cte.ca. They are closed next week, but otherwise they're open to the public. So if you want to go in and start working on that outdoor kitchen for next year, if you want to check out the hot tubs, that might be a great addition to the operation coming up for the rest of the winter, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, and so much more they've got there. Golf equipment, uh, turf, artificial turf, irrigation, consolidated supply is your one-stop shop for all of that. 1395 Niagara Road East. Or online, as we mentioned, at cte.ca and make sure to join us 245 for our our latest qualifying race in the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Uh, We all know it's getting cold right now. We had a little bit of a reprieve last week, but right now we're getting right back into it. And that means you better have a good battery that's going to get you from point A to point B. If you're unsure about your battery and where you're at right now in your vehicle, one stop is all you need to do. 1026 Logan Avenue. Donnie and his great staff at Manitoba Battery not only have the best prices on batteries in town, but can also test your battery and let you know where you are at. If you need one, you can get one right there. Um, If not, They'll let you know you probably got a little bit of time to uh, to last and should be good for the winter. And hey, if you do know you need a battery, just save time and save money shopping local. Give them a call or hit them up online at manitobabattery.com. And if you get your order in by 3 p.m., they'll deliver it to you citywide that day. There's only one place in town where you can shop local, save time and save money. That's Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue. And of course, online at manitobabattery.com. And hey, just before we bring in Billick, don't forget, folks, uh, you're planning for maybe a little bit of last minute shopping as well as some great meals coming up over the holidays. Well, Vita Health Fresh Market has you covered. They already always have great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. But with the holiday season here, why not give the gift of health? Vita Health has so many gift options for your loved ones. Essential oils, candles, artisan soaps, bath bombs, lotions, chocolates, you name it. You can also stock up on some of your favorite holiday food items like stuffing, cranberry sauce, non-alcoholic wines and drinks, perfect for entertaining. And you can order your pre your, your. a pre-order your natural free-run turkey in-store today. Vita Health Fresh Market, a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's get Billick in here. Fresh off a bit of a gong show with KNR last night. How was your weekend? What's up?
3: <laughs> it was good. It was uh it was an interesting show. It was a lot of fun there. Um, but yeah, uh, got to probably work on the sound quality of, <laughs> of, of the show. Um, but no, yeah, a weekend was good, but that was, that was, it was a fun event. Um, there was a lot of people packed into, into that place and, uh, yeah, I think everybody had a lot of fun, so it was good. Yeah. I couldn't hey, complain. Hey, listen,
0: just before we start talking jets, cause that will dominate our conversation. Yeah. How about that world cup final yesterday morning? Oh.
3: Oh, uh, you know, so like, I mean, I I like so I, I watch a lot of soccer um, and and I, I I like I like zero zero games, I like one one games, you know, I like one nothing games, I like like I like defense uh, and I like the tactics that 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 you get by watching a soccer game, but 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 yesterday was I mean, that's one of the best games I've ever watched and and you know I'm not trying to you know say that I'm um, better than anyone, but like I watch a lot of soccer and and like that's legitimately an incredible game with all sorts of drama, right? Like, I mean, that was, that's how good that game was. Um, you know, you have, you know, Argentina going out to lead and then you got, you know, you get messy with the penalty. Then you got Kylian Mbappe, you know, scoring a hat trick. You got, you know, two goals in extra time to, 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 you know, and then you got the amazing save by Martinez there, like with like seconds to basically go in the extra time. That save is unbelievable. I mean, that save essentially save them the World Cup without you know they would have lost an extra time there if he doesn't make that save. And then the you know, the penalty kicks, I mean, France France looked like they look like in the first half of that game where they look kind of shell shocked in, in, in the penalties, right? I mean, you know, you get one saved, you win miss one completely. Um, you know, it, it was great for Messi. Um I I think the only thing and and you know you, you compare them to all the greats, right? And the Maradona's the Pele's even the cristiano ronaldo's right everyone's um,
0: getting compared to him now
3: but everybody's getting exactly right and you know i, I think messi has always been the better player of the two of if him and cristiano hard to compare eras we know this in all sorts of sports right With, but but i mean you look at the, what messi's done in his career the goals that he's scored the passes that he made like you go back to the even even the, the semifinal game the oh. pass that he makes to but <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's just those types of things that he does He And he's really good on free kicks. Like, I mean, Ronaldo always had the flash and the pizzazz, and he has one of the best free kicks in in, in all of soccer, if not the best free kick in all of soccer, the way that he's been able to do it. But Messi's done this for years. Like, I remember listening. They talked about Messi when he came to Barcelona way back in the mid-2000s or early even 2000s, um, about how good he was then. Uh, and, and he has never, like, the play has really never let up for, for Lionel Messi. And I think that's one of the biggest things with him is that he's been so good and can produce, I mean, all the way up to, I think he's like 35 now. Um, he's been able to can produce all the way through that. And really, I mean, what's the better, like, I mean, he's so clutch, right? I mean, his penalty kicks were unbelievable. He went first. I mean, the, the pressure yesterday um, on him. I mean, this is a guy that... This was going to set him apart from everybody. You had to win this tournament. This was his last shot. And he goes and has the tournament that he has. You know, all credit to Mbappe. Played an incredible game. He'd already won one. Um, probably deserved the way that he pulled this team back into he the best that. player
0: on the planet right now? Because, I mean, With I know we're, we're saying about Messi... Yeah. is the best ever, and this is the coronation for him. Yeah,
3: I think so. But yeah. I mean, this
0: Mbappe, I mean, can you uh, just imagine yeah. scoring a hat-trick in a World Cup final and not winning? <laughs> that yeah, well, yesterday. I
3: mean, exactly, right? Uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I hope they have a camera on on both of them when they return to PSG, um, I'm guessing next week or the week after that, um, where you, know, you can see, you know, what is that? Like, I'd love to see the interaction between those two, um, because they play together. But I, I love Mbappe. I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is the guy that he does it all. I mean, if you look at the goals that he scored yesterday, they're ridiculous. Like they're absolutely ridiculous. The one on the volley where he like essentially—I mean—he powered that one pass. The penalty was great, and and even Martinez even guessed the right way on the on the on the penalty that they got. Perfect um, shot. It, but exactly, like I mean, th- but that, that's like a messy type shot because it's just there's its power, and it doesn't matter how fast you get to the corner. Um, you're still beating the guy and so yeah Mbappe is an unreal player to watch Um, and I just but it it made that like I don't think you could have drawn up a better World Cup final than that and and the way then that it played out it surpassed all the hype that you would you know you would have expected on a game that featured two of the best players in the world and probably the best player of all time
0: yeah obviously there was a ton of baggage around the Qatar World Cup for obvious reasons Um, but uh, as far as the action on the pitch, that was uh, that was a match that we will be talking about for years, oh, for decades, and it will never be forgotten. Um, let's get to the Jets on the weekend. Uh, listen, I don't know what you thought about last night's game. Um, I mean, it really seemed like a team that just absolutely hit the wall and was running on fumes. Um And maybe they gave themselves an opportunity for a game like that with the way that they came back against Nashville and, of course, the way they played on Saturday night. But just your thoughts on the body of work of the weekend, the convincing win in Vancouver on Saturday night, and then, um, you know, obviously just not having anything left in the tank in that third period last night.
3: Yeah, I mean, you have to remember the Jets played, I think, last night was the seventh game in the 11th day. Um, I I think that's the, the, the stat there. Um, that's a lot of hockey, man. Like, I mean, I, you know, I understand, and they still got three games left this week, and another back to back coming up in Washington later this week before they go to um, uh, the Christmas break there. But yeah, another th- quick
1: three
0: and four, no right? I mean,
3: that, I mean, that's the thing. This team has it, it's been a you know uh, it, it's been a hell of a schedule for this team, and the fact that they're still twenty ten and one um, it, it is a good thing. I mean, I look at last night's game, and they were they were in it, even though sometimes it didn't look like they were in it, even especially that first period, um, and even you know halfway through the second, I guess, where where I mean, they were taking advantage of their power play opportunities and getting just absolutely destroyed five on five. Um, but you know, it, it was still a three two game. Like it, it, this wasn't a game where they were kind of checked out, like the Minnesota game where they lost six one. Um, like, this team looked like even on fumes that it could have beaten the Seattle Kraken. And Seattle Kraken are a pretty good team this year. I mean, you just look at the standings, look at what they've done this year. Um, and you know, this team's also missing 24 million, 25 million, whatever it is, in in players right now. I mean, you're missing Blake Wheeler. You're missing um, <clears throat> Nate Schmidt on the defense. You're, you're missing Mason Apple. I mean, this team's done a really good job of mitigating, you know, some pretty serious... Um, holes in their in, in their lineup um, you know I, I thought the Vancouver game played the way it should have they went out and stomped that team um, that game wasn't close on and, and anything there's nothing that the game was close on um, uh, and but I so I thought I probably thought you know after that game that they probably had still had some left in the tank it wasn't a very difficult game to play in my mind I mean it looked relatively easy for the Jets um, but you know it, it, the Kraken are a good team, and, and and the Jets ran into a Kraken team that didn't play the night before, um, and and you know, but it was still a close game. I, I don't really have an issue with the way the Jets lost that game. I mean, it was a bit of defensive coverage, but that that game-winning goal is a perfectly placed shot, right? Like, I mean, that is an unreal double shot.
0: deflection.
3: Yeah, and, and 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 then you look at the backhand from Everlay, Like, I mean, that's a hell of a goal. I mean, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't blame David Riddick for any of it. Um, and you know, some people are saying, "Oh, well, you need the saves, you need that." I get it, but the Jets, you know, at times need to outscore some of the some of the goals that they, you know, that they do allow. Oh, you I can't mean,
0: blame that, that game on goaltending. I thought, exactly, listen, Riddick yeah. was Riddick was really good. <clears throat> was Let's good. face it, and and David Riddick so he far this been. season, since that first period in Vegas where everything yeah. that could go wrong did, yeah, um, has been a real solid backup goalie for Connor Hellebuck, and um, you know, the Jets right now is a tandem one of the best tandems and certainly the guy leading yeah. the way uh, of course the big news around the Jets was Saturday afternoon when we found out about Blake wheeler's groin surgery at, was, yeah, yeah. as it was described
3: groin surgery
0: I yeah. mean I uh, listen we talked about how just how tough that dude is and I mean there's been so many examples over the course of his career here in Winnipeg this is just another one to add to the legend of you know what he can play through but man Scott I mean when you look at this at this lineup right now like yep. I I was really impressed with the way they played in Vancouver, just knowing how shorthanded they were going to yep. be considering another two key players in Nate Schmidt and Blake Wheeler out of the lineup. Um, thoughts on those injuries and where that leaves the Jets right now, coming into the Christmas freeze, but it's the opportunity there for some players to make the most of.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a tough run in, right? I mean, you are missing a lot of meat on, on the bone there. And, and that's, You know they don't have easy games. I mean, you know, you might say Ottawa's an easy game, but that team plays a hard game, even though you know, despite their record. Um, But you're going to go into Boston and play the best team in the NHL, and then Washington again, who just you know beat you five two the other night. So um, I I think it's going to be tough. It's a tough run, and um, I think the one, the hallmarks of one of the hallmarks of this Jets season is their ability to to deal with these injuries. I mean, we've seen. How much depth this team has i'm not sure anybody even knew really you know you know what kind of depth especially up front right I, mean, I think we've always kind of felt like this team was a little bit thin up front for depth and then you see guys coming in you know the stenlins or the mike uh, the michael um Asimons, um you know the guys as adult who come in and made you know um you know quality uh contributions to the lineup um I, I, you know it's gonna be tough for that to continue Though the more the more players that you you're down i mean the the further you got to go in but i was still looking i was looking at the the roster in it with the moose and like okay well so they could still bring up dominic toninato who's got a plenty of nhl experience um you know they could bring up a jeff malade or an alex limoges or you know somebody like that too um to come in the lineup. christian reichel who's played nhl games uh before so you know, there's still ways to, to kind of, I guess, navigate this. Um, I'll be more interested maybe on the back end to see what kind of happens. Are they going to give Ville Hainal a run here of games with Nate Schmidt out? Um, we know what Rick Bonus said at the beginning of the year when he, he cut Ville. Um, uh, and, you know, basically it was because they had enough power play specialists. Uh, they needed more penalty killers. Well, now you're down one of your power play specialists in Nate Schmidt on the second PK. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, with Billy now having some rest here um, after being sick and missing four games with the Moose, you know, potentially seeing him come into the lineup and they give him a good run to kind of figure out, you know, what what, what they have in this guy. Um, you know, I think this has a lot a long-term, it's something I'm writing about today um, for the Sun, but I think this has long-term implications on what they do with Billy hanala If they're going to play him now and they do give him a run, um, it, it's a chance for both Billy to come out and and, and and prove himself. Um, but it's also gonna prove to the Jets whether or not he's expendable or not, in my opinion. Um, so I like I think, you know, I think there's a lot on the bone here for, for for the Jets still left. I mean, even though it doesn't look like it. I mean, I think they can figure this out um and get at least to the Christmas break. Um, but you know, nobody's really coming back yet just right after the Christmas break either, unless unless Nikolai either's his timeline is um, you know, you know at, right at, the, at right at the four of where it was supposed to be or where, where it was, you know, initially um, diagnosed that six-week timeline. I'm, I'm not so certain that he's back um, in that. We might be looking at mid-January. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be, it's a tough stretch. I mean, the Jets played 16 times in 31 days or will have this month. I mean, that's, that's the reality of their schedule. Um, and, you know, by all, you know, by all measures that they've done really well. Um, but I think, you know, there's still going to be, there's still tests to come, right? They got these three games this week. Um, and, you know, it doesn't really get a whole lot easier after.
0: Well, to me, great. Scott, this so, Ottawa game tomorrow is a huge test. I mean, Ottawa is. themselves, a desperate team. They've been playing better and getting some results as of late. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, we talked about the 7 and 11. Well, this is going to be 8 and 13. And then I guess 14 and 15. Uh, well, and then 9 and 10. In year fourteen to fifteen, I mean, there has just been so much hockey that this is that this team has been playing, and you come back for that one game at home. <clears throat> and
3: mm-hmm.
0: listen, I mean, I'm not going to go down all the stories you hear. Oh, the first game back from road trip is right. tough. Guys have to do all those things. The bottom line is, this team we saw what they were in the third period. They're today is a full travel day. They're right back at it tomorrow. Um, but when you look at this week, I mean, if you want to bank points, your best opportunity clearly is the home game against the Ottawa Senators. Um, but this is not going to be just a gimme game. I, I to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about this one from a Jets fan perspective, knowing how depleted the lineup is and just this situation they're in heading into the holidays. But um, that Boston game is going to—I mean, that's about as tough. Uh, two points to get right now in the National Hockey League yep. on the road in the Boston Garden. And we've seen what Washington's been doing. And again, that's going to be the end of this incredible stretch where you can basically see the Christmas holidays. Hopefully <laughs> it'll be the same for it. But um, thoughts on this challenge tomorrow night against Ottawa and this situation the Jets find themselves going into the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Ottawa is one of the – you know, it's one of those teams where – it's not that they don't care, right? Because they do. But they just, like, they know that they have nothing to lose right now. Uh, and they're, like, seventh in in, in in their division. They're on 30 points. I think they're, like, 10 points out of a, of a playoff spot even right now. Um, but, you know, those are the dangerous teams, right? Like, I mean, we've seen this in the past. The Jets have lost to the Buffaloes before, and they've lost to, you know, the Detroits, and, and they've lost to, the, you know, like, the Arizonas and teams like that. Um, this is the, one of the games where the Jets just, they have to win it, right? Like, it's not a must-win in the sense that, you know, you need it for, you know, the playoff race or, you you know, where you're trailing or trying to hit a wild card or whatever. But it's one of those must-wins where, like you said, I mean, you want to bag these, you know, quote-unquote easy points. You need these wins, right? Like, you know, I think one of the things that the Jets have been feeling victim on in years past is, you know, in the games where you need to take those points, like, they add up, right? You lose two points here and a point there and all that end of the season you don't know, well you missed the while well, you know, missed the playoffs by five points when you lost the teams that you should have beat and i think you know the jets have done a pretty good job this year you know i think you saw it against vancouver um <clears throat> you've seen it a couple times against chicago you know they've beaten those teams um so they, they, they've lost less to those less uh you know fewer times to those teams um this season that, that they should have but you got to keep it going right like i mean yeah, you know, Ottawa's a dangerous team. They have some offensive talent. They, they, well, they and Scott, defense, they've quietly, right?
0: they've quietly they're six three and one six, three and ten. one in their last right. ten. And we've talked about them being seventh place. Well, I mean, they've now up to what they're lost in their last game. They're fourteen, 14 15 and two. So one game under yeah. NHL five hundred. And again, NHL five hundred is getting you eighty two points. It's not getting you to the playoffs. But when you look at that Atlantic Division right now, they're two points behind Buffalo. They're 2 points behind Detroit, albeit Detroit has a game in hand. Game in hand. Yeah. And they're 4 points behind Paul Maurice's Florida Panthers yeah. and have a game in hand. I mean that at least that last wild card spot still <laughs> very much within sight of teams like Ottawa, <laughs> like Buffalo, um and you know that they're going to try and charge into this Christmas break. So a big challenge for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets and uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. you think we'll see Mikey Esamon back in the lineup? I'll be honest,
3: I was a little surprised yeah. that he wasn't in on the weekend. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I, well, I, have they determined whether he's, I think they said it was just a healthy scratch for him, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I, but yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's our understanding.
3: Know, yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought maybe he got the flu and, and that was one of the things and he, he was, you know, getting hit hard by it, but you know, I, I think it's time, right? I mean, you know, you, you said, a guy, Mike Gassman had a couple of tough games, you know, to end that, but I mean, you got to look at the whole body of work for me. I'm like, okay, here's a guy who's given a chance to reset. Um, Here's a guy, you know, here's a chance to breathe and you know, you've had a weekend off, you know, take some time, you know, think about it and that sort of thing. And I, I think this is the time to put him back in. Like, I think this is Rick bonus has a great way sometimes of motivating um, his players it appears. And, you know this might be it, right? I mean, this is a time to put him in. Um, I think you put him back in the lineup, let him, you know, have another go at it and see if he can get back to that that where he was. I mean, I, I think I think you expected this sort of drop off at some point from Michael Essamont. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things with with the way, you know, when you have a guy that comes in and he's given he, he worked, you know, he worked up from the fourth line to the third, and then arguably right onto the top line with Pierre Luc Dubois and and Kyle Connor. You want to call that the top line? I mean, that that that's I mean, you would call that a bit of a meteoric rise, right, up the lineup. And uh, you know, I, I, I think he handled it well, um, but he's not a top six player either, right? I mean, so uh, you know, they need him to produce, and, and this is the thing that they've deal, dealt with all season, kind of um, on that top line, or uh, you know, trying to find a right wing on one of those lines. You know, if it's not Blake Wheeler, now Blake Wheeler's out. I mean, you 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 like the tenacity, right, on the forecheck and all those types of things, but at some point you got to produce a little bit, and 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 maybe that's where it just hasn't come, you know, to to, to the forefront for for Michael. Um, but you know, I think this is it, it's the time to put him back in. I, I think I think for a guy like him, the way that he's kind of come up in this league and that sort of thing. Um, He would have been upset, but there would have been another, you know, he would have stoked the fire again after, you know, the disappointment of coming out. Well, I think the timing of this Ottawa
0: in. game tomorrow is yeah. the perfect time to get SM on in because, I mean, as I said, sort of, I mean, I, I am concerned about the Jets' general energy level going right. into a game like that. And if there's one thing that he brings, you know, it is bring the energy. That being said, the guy that I was the most impressed with on the weekend and really dating back to the Nashville game and his call up. What a week for Kevin Stenland. I I mean, it just seems like it's one guy after another that sort of, you know, gets an opportunity and puts his hand up and says, coach, you can count on me. He, uh, I think he's impressed the coaching staff. And I was saying to Remo earlier, if we're talking about a stock watch of recent Winnipeg Jets, I think he's the guy that's made the most of his recent opportunity. And um, listen, I know Kuhlman was the guy that they plopped right in on that top line, but I think Stenland has given them pause for thought to either keep him on that line or potentially maybe use him in some other cha- uh, other roles considering the openings right now. But I don't think he's coming yeah. out anytime soon.
3: No, I mean, he's done everything they asked, right? I mean, when you put David Gustafson on notice, as Rick Bonus did, and then Stenland comes in, he's winning draws. I mean, that's the thing that they want him. He's being um, He's been really good on the forecheck. He's played the center position well there. I mean, they could have easily just put him out on the wing and let let David Gustafson kind of do his thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've I've liked his game. I mean, he's a bit of a Blake Wheeler light. I mean, I think that's the one thing that. I mean, even if you look at him, watch him play, he's got a lot of the same kind of mannerisms and all that. So, no, I, I've I've liked I've liked his game. Um, I thought he's brought something to that fourth line that's kind of reinvigorated it a little bit. Um, I mean, it's been an all Swedish fourth line there, so that's also interesting. But yeah, no, I've I've enjoyed his game. I'm I'm interested to see like I mean I'm not sure I I'm not sure he's fast enough to move him too much higher up the ice but or up the lineup but um I mean I, I could see him maybe on the second power play throw him in the middle and and let him you know do some things there um but yeah um I, I think he's done well I mean I guess this it sort of speaks to like what this team has been able to do right like I mean Kevin Stenlund looked good in training camp but I mean he didn't make the opening roster. And they've come and plopped him into the lineup here and, and and he's done well. So another example of the Jets being able to kind of cover off, mitigate, mitigate the losses that they've had this season. So, yeah.
0: That's a great point. Well, Scotty, always good having you on the program. Shout out to you for, uh, bearing through everything the boys were dealing with last <laughs> night at uh, TCB. It was quite entertaining following that <laughs> in, uh, in real time. And, uh, we'll look forward to hopefully getting together and, uh, hoisting a a 1919 at some point uh, this holiday season as well Uh, we'll see you at the rink tomorrow and thanks for doing this
3: yeah anytime i appreciate it man
0: good stuff there's scott billick follow him on twitter at scott billick and of course you can read his work covering the winnipeg jets in the pages of the winnipeg sun hammers on deck he's going to join us right away as we mentioned why not question of the day is blake wheeler the toughest man in winnipeg just thoughts on Who was the best person to maybe jump into that role over the course of the next few weeks while Blake Wheeler is out coming off the uh, surgery he had post Thursday night against the Nashville Predators? Of course, not AutoCorp is the place to go when you're thinking about a new vehicle or upgrading your current one. Waverly and McGilvery is where you're going to want to stop in, check out all the amazing vehicles they have on the lot. And if there is a particular make and model that you've got your heart set on, the not experts will source it, find it, get it here to Winnipeg, and get you in it at the best possible price. And... With winter here, if you've been sleeping on winter tires, don't any longer. There's no reason to because not only does Not autocorp over in the service department have great specials on winter tires, they've also got the MPI payment plan. So why not get safe winter tires now for you and your family and pay later at Not Autocorp Waverly and McGillivray. And you can check them out online at not.ca. Well, guys, uh, gang. We got a week till Christmas, not even. Um, if you have not finished the Christmas shopping yet, uh, you can basically take care of most of it for the sports fans in your family with one stop over at Royal Sports. Make sure you check out the new Winnipeg Sports Talk hats. Shout out to Isha Boy Bruce in chat. I know he had picked up a couple last week, and I saw somebody I'll give a shout out to my friend Rob Barnsley who was rocking the new blue and gold logo wordmark hat. On the weekend got a chance to see when he picked it up at royal sports so it is all there all the new winnipeg sports talk lids as well as the new era toques available you can also check out our website at winnipegsportstalk.com if you can't make it down to royal uh, but you should get down to royal because not only do they have all the wst gear new retro reverse jerseys thousands of pieces of winnipeg jets merchandise including many exclusives and the same thing for Winnipeg Blue Bomber gear—stuff you just can't find anywhere else. And while you're there, all your favorite NFL teams, Blue Jays, Raptors, international soccer, and of course the biggest hockey section in town—and really cool stuff on the Kings' skate and so-and-surf side, like their massive Yeti section with amazing coolers, thermoses, and more. It's all there at Royal Sports, just in time for Christmas, 750 Pemina Highway. And, of course, look ahead to some big Boxing Day deals as well coming out of the 25th. Um, and, hey, if you're thinking about upgrading the wardrobe this year, fellas, this is a great time to maybe give a gentle nudge that an F apparel gift card might be a great gift um, and they've got a great deal heading into Christmas, a hundred dollar gift card, get a 15% bonus. So uh, 15% on your purchase, the gift card will be worth $115. And can you use that towards all of their incredible menswear, including custom suits beginning at just $400, custom pants, golf pants, chinos, and more um, shirts, both casual and formal. And of course, all the accessories that the guys need. And, uh, Pop down there, 190 Smith Street downtown. You can check out more online at F, that's EPHapparel.com. And heading into the new year, ask them about their great specials for wedding parties and 2023 grads. All right, let's get the hammer in here coming out of the weekend. What's up? How was, uh, how did you make it through Saturday and Sunday? There was a lot going on.
4: What is what is that? What does that mean? Yeah, of course I made it through Saturday and Sunday. There was a heck of a lot going on. I I had a not a lot going on. I had the whole weekend off. So I just melted into my couch and like I think most sports fans and let it come to me. Let's just say that.
0: You know what? I mean, and it was a full shift yesterday. I mean, if you uh if you got up at nine to watch that World Cup final. I mean, the bar was set pretty high with the excitement of that Argentina-France game. Then we went into a wild, I mean, some bizarre stuff happening in the National Football League and then finishing it off with the Winnipeg Jets. And unfortunately, much like I think a lot of people over the course of the weekend, didn't have a lot of gas on Sunday night after everything that had happened, it sure felt like the Jets hit the wall there uh, against the Kraken last night at the, uh, the end of just an absolutely bananas week of hockey.
4: Yeah, I just think the expectations are higher than they've maybe ever been for this team. And so I think when you look at what they were able to do against Vancouver, especially even given what we've seen from Seattle, which has been impressive this year, no doubt, that, um, you know, maybe the effort would be better. But I I don't know. I don't, I think what's disappointing in that game is just how it ended. How, you know, like it was a good road game and then you kind of fell flat in the third period. You give up that goal and and that's it. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if you if you want to play the blame game. I, I had heard you in the previous segment with Scott. I mean, I'm not looking at David Riddick by any means. I thought he played well between the pipes, and, and it's what's been kind of a theme for him this season. Despite his, you know, mostly winning record, uh, you know, didn't get a lot of run support, right? So, um, but you're going to find those games. I thought they handled business against Vancouver, and you know, it's not a it's not a successful road trip, I guess you could say, but it's not the, uh, it's not worst case scenario either.
0: Yeah, well, definitely not. And, you know, it would have been far more concerning if they had a performance like that Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Far from it. And that much more impressive the way they handled Vancouver and the fact that Vancouver had been playing quite well as a late heading into that game. And the fact that they did it without Nate Schmidt and Blake Wheeler, who were both revealed to be out long-term four to four to six weeks for the two of them. Um, I mean, these are big holes in the lineup, Jeff. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the guys that have been called up and as far, been far more the forward group than the defense core, but now Logan Stanley's out now Logan. uh, Now Nate Schmidt's out. One would think it's a great opportunity for Billy Hanala, who you would think will get an opportunity potentially as early as tomorrow to get in. Um, but man, they're running out of options at the forward group right now.
4: Yeah, this is, this depth is being tested. Um, It's been tested all season. This seems to take it to a whole new level. Uh, Both ends. I mean, they, they, you're right. They have a little bit, a little bit more leeway runway, if you will, on, on the blue line, but um, I'm also not all that. I don't know if it's not all that concerned is the right word. I think it's, I just think it's with with Rick Bonus and what and the system in which he wants to instill, you know, it's not surprising that it can bring up, but you know, a Kevin Stenland and, and seemingly not miss a beat here, you know, and and it's not, you know, again, it's not an ideal plan right now, but you are buying time. Uh, you'll need to buy time at least until you know Nick, Nikolai Ehlers returns, Mason Appleton returns. Um, I, you, you can't really say they're on their way per se, but you know given what you have right now with with the team and given what you have on the farm the the options that you can bring up i know you were talking with that about you know with that with Scott previous segment i, I think it's okay to get by but it, you you have to start thinking and this was even before this latest bit of injuries you got to start thinking that you know what Kevin Chevalier may or may not do leading up to the trade deadline maybe some of those moves that were anticipated you know, maybe happening in, in, into the new year, well into the new year, in the February, you don't, if you don't have the, you know, front office t- talking about expediting some of those moves because of where you see the Jets are, because of what you've seen with the bonus effect. Um, the last thing I think you want for this organization is to lose any momentum in what you've built this season. And the only thing that's really seems like it's going to stop it with this group is if the injuries continue to pile up. And as we, you know, you often hear every player is one play away from, you know, suffering an injury. And when you see how many of the Jets have accumulated at this point in the year, and just, although they have some guys kind of in the, you know, coming back here in the, in, in the final stretch of their rehab, it's still, uh, you know, a, a bit of a situation here that may need to be addressed uh, maybe a lot sooner than the Jets first anticipated. Um, Hammer. And I'm going to throw this out to the chat folks and let us know what you think in the, uh,
0: in the live YouTube chat. I mean, I've got no issues whatsoever with the bottom six right now. I think Jansen Harkins and Morgan Barron look great with Adam Lowry. We know what a great season that uh, Lowry's had. And I've been so impressed with Kevin Stenland, and I think the coaches have been as well. I don't expect him to go any uh, go anywhere anytime soon. Obviously not completely sold on Carson Kuhlman, who was just waived by Seattle as a top-line winger right now. And I think Sam Gagne's had some good spots but has also been lacking at times. And I think that's, you know, what you get with a player at his stage of his career. I mean, just whether we're talking short-term for this week or for the next four weeks while Blake Wheeler is out, who makes the most sense to be on the right side of those top two lines of the pairings with Shifley and Perfetti and, of course, Dubois and Connor in your mind, Hammer?
4: You know, it's it's a good question because, you know, you, you can't... You can't think it's cool, man. You know what I mean. That can't be the the long term option here. Um, you know, maybe does does Gagne move up and they give a guy like I mean, the, you know, reunite. I guess that would be the easy fix, if you will, if you want to call it easy. I mean, Sam Gagne has been fairly lucky, extremely lucky, I think, in what he anticipated for this season and what he's received. So if he can get, you know, if he can get on to that line. Um, I think he's probably more suited to that line when it comes to speed, maybe putting up a guy like, like a, you know, a Michael Acemont, put him back with, with, with Dubois and Kyle Connor. Again, I think that might be the easiest fix considering Mikey Acemont currently finds himself in the press box, you know, the last two games. Um, But I'm not, you know, I, that's where I think things get a little bit sticky here is how many guys are you, do you plan to promote up into those, top six positions that just, you know, otherwise don't really belong. That being said, I, you know, it's not that long ago, we were talking about how, how well Michael A- 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 Mont was playing, you know, on that right wing with, with Connor and uh, you know, and, and Dubois. So I think that's probably your easiest fix, but again, goes back to my original point that it, it seems okay for now. And it's more, and, you know, the Jets have been more than just treading water with that, with that lineup but at what point, you know, do they become dire, you know, dire needs where it's almost they're already dipping pretty deep into, you know, into their options. So, again, another injury could make this situation even more, you know, tough to deal with. But as, at this point, I think there are some there are some answers, if not ideal.
0: I actually liked what um, what Billick was mentioning. we can't forget about some of the guys that are still with the manitoba moose that haven't got a call up yet we had alex limoja on the show i guess a couple weeks ago and he's been leading the team in scoring and jeff malott was sniffing around a hat trick on the weekend as well and he's a guy that's been here before and like i guess we'll see what happens with coolman as to whether he's regularly in the lineup whether this was you know a quick audition and you know he's into the press box anytime soon And listen, I don't think Sam Gagne is going to be the guy on one of those wings consistently for the next month. So I do look at players like Jansen Harkins and Morgan Barron. But at the same time, Jeff, um, I know Rick Bonus really likes the way that line is playing right now. And Adam Lowry's been had it going basically all season long. But again, I mean, you need to find guys that can help those. So much of the Jets scoring is coming from those top two lines. You know, without Blake Wheeler, who's been a big, big part of that, I mean, it's a massive hole. And, you know, how things work out basically tomorrow, I'm with you. I think Esimut needs to get back into the lineup tomorrow. And I think that the energy that he brings will be very, very important to a team that, I mean, listen, if you looked at spots where you might have a bit of a lull coming back home, this is a dangerous game, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me if even as early as this week, depending on you know how they feel about what happened on the weekend that we could even see another call-up or another player from the Manitoba Moose come and much like Kuhlman did go right into a pretty important role and a huge opportunity for a player that you know wasn't in the Jets plans to begin the season
4: well yeah and I mean that's kind of been Rick Bonus's, you know deal ever since he showed up he's not afraid to make you know to make I don't know, I don't know if you want to call them bold or out, out of the box decisions or, or what you want to call it. I, I think there's a method to the perceived madness here. I think, you know, even, even making, even, even when Kevin Stenlund comes in and says, Hey, you know, David Gustis didn't move over from your regular position at center. We're going to make this guy, the, you know, the leader of the line between the middle. I mean, that's maybe not as, maybe not as wild as, as putting Kuhlman up in the top line, but um, certainly, you know, he's not afraid. I think that's a, a big reason to do that is you welcome him into the room and get him feeling good about his game, right? He's, he's kind of in, Pumlin's kind of in shock, right? He's just been given up by a team, uh, been claimed by a different team than the one he was previously with. That can be, a, you know, a little bit of, of, a, of a shock to the system for players. And so to put him on the top line, get him, you know, ease him in comfortably, I think is a bit of a, you know, a, a mental thing, if anything. Um, but I, you know, you look at you look at the options on that line, and I don't think you know even even when you, you know, put point names to Morgan Barron and Jansen Harkins, guys that have certainly had interesting seasons of uh, battled with adversity and have come out you know better for it, and and are you know are playing pretty well, and certainly you know are everyday NHLers. I don't even know if you would consider them to be a long term solution in, in those spots. So I think what we're going to be seeing a lot of, and I think what Rick Bonus is has proven to be good at is is kind of on the change you know we're not really calling it the blender when it's when it's Rick Bonus. we used to call it the blender all the time with Paul Maurice because the matchups never seemed to work when the blender came out and it was just it just was like a mess all over the kitchen whereas Bonus has been able to react accordingly in a game he seems to have a better feel for the game and since he doesn't play favorites he doesn't you know it doesn't matter who you are it's 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 how you're playing i think a lot of his game flow decisions have been more effective on the fly and and they and they have resulted in you know more often than not positive you know positive things for the jets so maybe we see that a little bit more where it's where you know rick bonus isn't hesitant to see who's going and maybe he's not afraid to pop a guy up on the fourth line, you know, a Sam Gagne or, you know, someone else, or, you know, moving Michael Acemont between the, you know, second and fourth line, you know, just kind of, again, feeling the game flow and seeing what, you know, what's working on that night. And maybe that's what the Jets are going to have to do until they can find a more permanent, uh, you know, you know, player for that spot on that right wing.
0: Jeff Hamilton the Winnipeg Free Press breaking down the Jets weekend and now looking ahead to another 3 and 4 beginning tomorrow night with the Ottawa Senators visiting the Winnipeg Jets at Canada Life Centre. You know, I was on Sirius XM NHL Radio on the weekend and you know we talked a little bit about Rick Bonus and the turnaround for the club and then the conversation quickly turned to Josh Morrissey who continues to lead this team in scoring one point ahead of Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are both on a bit of a roll themselves lately. But um, Jeff, if anyone thought that this was a mirage or a nice two or three week stretch of play of Josh Morrissey, that was above his perceived level. um, I think we're now getting used to this, that um, this guy has been everything the Jets could have hoped for and more with what he's done on the ice, off the ice so far. And it seems like he's getting the attention maybe outside of this market as well right now and deservedly so.
4: Yeah, I think so. And yeah, as you mentioned, deservedly so. I mean, this is a guy who's on pace for what? I mean, he's still a point per game player. He's I mean, if Josh Morris fin- finishes the season with 80 plus points, it's not going to it's going to be impossible not to recognize him. Maybe the people who haven't been talking about him recognize that we're, you know, we haven't quite hit I don't think we've hit the 30 game mark or if we have, we're not far you know, far ahead of it. So there is still lots of hockey to be played. But um, just even if you look at, you know, just what's being talked about, you know, a lot here in the city is that Josh Morrissey is coming off a a good season, you know, a good season after what was, you know, what was a tough season, you know, and, and obviously what we know now and losing his father and all that stuff to, to bounce back from that last year and then to build on last season, this season, um, you know, with his skating, with his defensive play, I think his defensive play—if you look at the, you know, the small details, the analytics—have taken a little bit, and I say little bit of a, you know, back seat, Um, But his, but what what we're seeing in, in in Josh's offense more than makes up for any deficiency on, on, on the other side. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just a terrific year. I think you know, when you are talking about year-end awards, particularly when it comes to the Norris Trophy. You know, we've seen a lot of the winners, a lot of the people in the you know finalists. It kind of starts with offense there. So, you know, even though we've seen Josh Morrissey play at a great defensive level, I don't think he was ever going to get recognized just for the lack of offense. I mean, thirty-seven career high points—it's almost ridiculous when you hear. When, or when you watch and see what he's doing this season, he I might pass that I, tomorrow night. Absolutely. And on top of that, I mean, he's with the opportunity he's getting on power play, on that number one power play, the way they're clicking, the way that it works through Josh Morrissey a lot. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting, at the very least, a point every second game, if not every game.
0: Well, he's turning into the closer in overtime as well. I know it was Kyle Connor yeah, there that you got, go. the, uh, got the winner, there but. It was just about another OT winner for Josh coming up on uh, uh, a, a lot last Thursday against the, uh, against the Nashville Predators. You know, Nashville's game was interesting. Of course, we know that Nate Schmidt got knocked out by Tanner's, you and there was a very quick response from Adam Lowry while we're talking about Josh Morrissey and what he's done this year. And I'll bring up Adam Lowry. Um, we were talking on Friday about the next captain of the Winnipeg jets. Mm. Um, First of all, do you think that they will consider naming a captain at any point this year? Or do you think that the way things are going, you just keep it as is? Um, And the second part of that question is, when they do name a captain, is it Josh Morrissey,
4: is it Adam Lowry, or somebody else? Uh, I don't think they name a captain this year. I just don't see what the point is. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm I'm not saying that it would necessarily be a bad thing. I think... You know, whatever decision the team decides, will you know they'll have a lot more information on making that decision than, than me. But it just seems like at this point, you would, with the whole keeping it, you know, everyone's voice. I just think it, you know, I whether whether there would be hurt feelings or not. I think there are a few guys in there that want it, that really want it, and I, you know, barring anybody with a, you know one of those in the drawer long term contracts signed you know extensions i don't know why you would name you know necessarily you know who's who's wearing the letters right now and and who would be available for that permanency anyways um i but at the same time i it's a it's a question the second part on who who would get it it's a question i think that is is very interesting i think you know i think i think you could you could give a, a strong case for all three of the guys currently wearing an a i think it's going to be um, you know, one of the three guys wearing A right now, that obviously being an Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, and Mark Shifley. I tend to think, you know, just the way Josh Morrissey's playing right now, um, I tend to lean towards him, um, which is, if you would have asked me before this year, I would have been Adam Lowry all day long. And, and I still think Adam Lowry has a strong case just for what he brings to the team, what he means to the locker room you know, the potential for him to stay long term, longer term even. I mean, he's already under mm-hmm. a contract for a few more years. So, um, and then, but but then that being said, I mean, what happens this season with Mark Shifley? What if he becomes this, you know, continues to go the direction he's been going this year, playing mm-hmm. the way he's been playing wants to be a big part of Winnipeg why would you rule him out as, as a potential captain right so well,
0: Shifley's fascinating because I mean listen if you would have asked me this question at the end of last season, I would have laughed that we would even be talking about it but I think the way he's handled everything that happened last season into this year, the way he's responded to Rick Bonus, the way he's playing right now, hmm. I think you ha- you you have to have him in the mix but I guess one of the things that I think certainly is even more in the favor of Josh Morrissey and to a lesser extent, Adam Lowry is their contract situations. Adam right. Lowry's going to have three more years. And I believe Morrissey has what, five more years of his deal right now. Right. And I mean, the captaincy is something that I think for an or, any organization, but especially an organization like the Winnipeg Jets, which likes to establish something and continue it, like have the continuity. I think the term of both of those guys certainly plays into their mix. And listen, if Mark Shifley, if something happened where he signed an extension after this season and you knew he was going to be there for a similar term, well then, okay, he's probably in the mix right now. But to me, the contract situation, at least if we're talking about this season or into next summer, um certainly to me it's 44 17 because of that but things could change if uh something like that happened with mark shifley i'm just not sure that that will
4: yeah and i guess yeah to my comment i mean it was referring to i guess strictly mark shifley then because i don't think you want to be you know mark shifley and he has this turnaround season and he seems like he's giving it all to the you know to the room and and the club and all that so all all the things you want out of your captain you know, I don't think you're slapping the C on his chest and then going into negotiations with him over, (laughs) over his future in a, in a year. So, you know, I don't know if that's great. That makes great business sense. Um, unless you have a very, very, very good idea, he's going to sign in and around the length and term that you want. Anyways. Um, that being said, I guess there's some other options too. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, you could say the same kind of story about him and him and Mark Shifley in the sense that there were some things that, well, I guess in Pierre-Luc Dubois' case was said by his agent or whatever that, that, that made or at least opened the door to this possibility that he might want to leave or was going to leave or whatever. You know, before those comments, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think you could make the argument, was a lot of people's. You know, maybe future captain. Given the way he was playing, the year that he had, the way that he conducted himself on the ice, the, how consistent he was, or at least more, you know, a lot more than a lot of his a lot of his teammates. were. you look at the way he's playing his game, he wants to be that ultimate two way player. He wants to be, you know, that's the kind of player that you do you do slap a C on. You know, maybe he's working more towards an A, but again, he finds himself much like like uh, Mark Scheifele in that position where you know while while it might look good right now it, you don't you can't really predict what the vibe's going to be like in the negotiation room when you start talking about dollars and cents and and years committed to 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 this team. well I
0: just general openness on listening and you know considering an extension and i guess that ties in mean, listen we're at the holidays we're not even into the new year i mean we can get to many of the big off season questions right. later on at another time but it is I mean, listen, we knew that there was a pretty defined window for this club where they've got some of their key players under contract, and, you know, we always talk about the two-year window. I mean, to me, it's a one-year window, and that's why I honestly think that, you know, Kevin Chevalier might be a little more aggressive than he normally has been coming up the trade deadline because, of, first of all, what the team's earned so far with their spot in the standings, um, and, you know, if you're destined to be a playoff team and this is your this is your time I think you almost owe it to you know yourself, the team, the organization to give yourself the best crack at it. And success this season, I think, goes a long way to those huge offseason questions, which to me start with Connor Hellebuck and Pierre-Luc Dubois with one year left under team control as to what you're doing with those players, because they're way too good and way too valuable to lose for nothing. And I think you really do need to get some clarity before you drop the puck on next season on those two guys, because depending on what the situation happens with both of those two players, I think probably affects just about every other decision you're making next season. And frankly, over the next few years.
4: And quite possibly over the next few months. I mean, it might not be, you know, some of these, you know, a lot of the trades for trade deadline or a lot of the options out there, you're going to see a lot of players, um, you know, obviously on that board that are on expiring contracts that are quote, unquote, rental players. But if you're the Winnipeg Jets, maybe you're looking to deal this year or in the, you know, in the off season, um, you know, a bit of a different look, maybe try to get some players with term, try to get, because, the reality is, is you're probably, you know, in today's NHL with, with a, with a rising salary cap, there's going to be a lot of players looking for a lot of raises and you might, you know, just with the names that you mentioned there, the Winnipeg Jets might not be able to shell out um, enough money or want to shell out enough money to, to bring all of them back on contract. So if there's potential opportunities here to start building for the future in it and we'll also, building for the present, adding those pieces now and into the future, that might be the, might be the, you know, the ideal move and to, to prevent any, you know, any pain that may come in the, in the coming years here, when you, when you have to get down to signing some key players and, uh, and, and recognizing that if, if, the reality is if they're going to stay here, they're going to enjoy their last two seasons or at least season. And if they're enjoying their time here, they're probably a winning and b producing on the score sheet and it's going to cost you. So um, definitely some fascinating times, much of which we'll discuss over the next coming months here and and year really. Um, But also I think could be, could have some kind of role here in the next coming weeks and months as uh, the Jets look to, to add pieces at the deadline and then. Well, and, and, and
0: listen, I mean, never mind adding pieces at the deadline. I mean, let's start talk about getting through January with the players that they know are going to be out. And, you know, so many of these conversations come back to Billy Hainla in that, you know, of course, he didn't play on the weekend. I mean, you know, I'm not sure whether they just, you know, didn't want him to go or figured that maybe he, you know, would be better served waiting a couple more days because of course he hadn't played in a couple weeks mm. after being ill with the Manitoba Moose but I fully expect Villy to get back in the lineup as soon as tomorrow. And I think this is that time, Jeff, that we've been talking about for a long time where Villy's going to be able to get a chance to go in and and be in on a nightly basis for the the better part of a few weeks. I mean, with Logan Stanley out and now Nate Schmidt out, I know Capo Bianco played on the weekend, but I I really do think that when Villy gets an opportunity to go in, he'll probably stay in. And this could be very... I mean, very impactful in a couple of things. First of all, to Vili, staking, uh, you know, being able to put a flag in saying, hey, I'm one of your top six guys, regardless of who is there. But also the results you get from Billy hanela in a lot of ways, I think, you know, will give them a little bit more clarity as to whether they think of him as a long-term member of the club or a guy that still has some value on the market that might be a trade piece when those other players that we just mentioned get healthy again, Jeff.
4: Yeah, I think this is a very, very interesting time for Vili Haina I think, you know, I, but it, like, as you mentioned, I think it will, I think to your point, I don't think you put him in over the weekend, just given the fact that he has been fighting a bug and that he has missed a lot of hockey and that it might just be good to, you know, get used to his surroundings before you just throw him into a game. Um, maybe get him a practice, which he'll, you know, which I think he'll get here or at least he got a morning skater, a few morning skates under his belt. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I think this is. We'll see how they use them. I mean, they need to give them, you know, before the with, with the injuries on the blue line. Before the the reason was well, Ville Heinola doesn't kill penalties. That they needed somebody to to come in and and be that you know play that role on special teams. Well, Nate Schmidt last time I checked was a power play guy on the second power play unit, and that opens up a perfect opportunity for Ville Heinola as far as special teams goes. He would definitely be a guy. That you and and has been a guy that they've used on on power play and to some success. So um, I think this is a you know not, not just an interesting time for him to stake out his claim to the Winnipeg Jets and to prove that he belongs and should be considered an everyday guy after making the team in his rookie season and and having a fight to really get back in the lineup ever since. Um, it's also a bit of a, a showcase to to the rest of the league, you know, to to. To show to to improve his stock, I'm not suggesting that you know he's he's been asking or demanding a trade, but I mean if you're not playing hockey and he has been vocal, I mean it wasn't long ago we were hearing from Angel, his agent, it wasn't really you know it didn't really it was, I don't want to call it a blip on the radar, but it wasn't uh, you know a big thing or jumped on by any stretch, but his his agent what you know was saying he was ready to play that he deserved the opportunity that his you know his time in the AHL or his development at the AHL for. You know, for all, you know, for several reasons were, were had been tapped, you know, that he, that he needed an opportunity. And if that opportunity isn't going to be in Winnipeg, and if it doesn't come this year, if it doesn't come in this moment, given where the Winnipeg Jets blue line is, I think, I think Ville Hainel has got his answer. You know, it's no longer like, okay, this was, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity because this is what I needed to work on and whatever the opportunity is staring him straight in the face. And it's uh, if it's one he does and he should get, Good, should get that shot. I mean, it's one he needs to take full advantage of, um, which I think is good for both, again, him for his future in this league, whether it be at the Jets or elsewhere, as well as the Jets, whether his, state, whether his future be in Winnipeg or elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I know there's some talk in the chat about kind of what we were talking about the big picture, and Randy D says they can afford 55 and 80 Shifley and Dubois if Blake Wheeler's contract is renegotiated or traded. Well, Randy, there's no renegotiation in contracts. The contract is the contract. But I think it's important to remember the reason why we're talking about this summer, that when you need to get clarity on Dubois and Hellebuck, is that they're going into their final year of their contract, as will Shifley be. But I think those two players, in particular, with their age and importance to the club, um, you know, are sort of that that top priority. Uh, but Blake Wheeler's contract is off the books after next year, so if you do have deals that include significant raises for Dubois for Shifley. For Hellebuck, there's going to be eight plus million coming off the cap with Wheeler that, you know, will be there to pay it. And listen, I'm not even ruling out anything with Blake. I mean, to potentially even be staying on here past that. But if that happens, it will be a number nowhere close to the 8.25 that he's making right now. Um, All that being said, man, I still, you know, there's been so much talk about Blake and you know his role last year as the captain losing the captaincy coming in um this loss like earlier this season there would have been a lot of fans that would have sort of scoffed at all big deal you're losing Blake Wheeler we're gonna find out very quickly I think how important this guy has been to this year's edition of the Winnipeg Jets in his absence
4: well, yeah. I mean, I see, I, I think it would have been, I think your to your point about this year versus last year or earlier this season, I still think people would have been, they might not have been as high about him being lost. But the fact of the matter is, is just given how much money his, his, you know, his salary is off the cap and, and where he plays in the lineup in the top six, his, his absence was going to be felt regardless of the, if he was having a strong, as strong a season right now or slightly less. Um, even last year, I mean, he was still a guy who could score points. So he was, you know, his, when he did get COVID or he was out for, for stretches with his knee injury, I believe it was, you know, it was a loss last year. And so when you, you know, that loss is even more, you know, the magnification of that loss is even greater when you all, when you're already losing, you know, you're already, you're already you know, bit with the injury bug with Nikolai Ehlers. You know, that was a guy that nobody would have predicted would be out for this long. You know, Mason Appleton. I mean, we've already talked about it, so yeah. But particularly, given the way we've seen him play, and the, we we've seen him push through, and I think you know, as as incredible as it sounds, I don't think anyone's surprised that Blake Wheeler, you know, returned from this injury that would later require a, a you know a surgical mm-hmm. procedure to to fix and keep him out for for a month. So. You know that's what he brings to the you know brings to the team. He brings when he's not scoring points. He's at least bringing a passion and emotion. The two you know among the two main ingredients that Rick Bonus wants in his in his lineup and a and a level of consistency to his his play. You know and and, and at least in how hard he works, it doesn't always you know it's not it doesn't always um, look as good you know every night as 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 we've seen. But um, but yeah, I mean this is a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve, even if he doesn't have a C on his chest, as we've proven, and has certainly been a, a motivational piece to that team and, and has been critical on a line with Mark Shifley, with the chemistry and, you know, bringing guys like Cole Perfetti into the, you know, making him more comfortable on this team and in this league and to have him out of the lineups just having to juggle another massive piece that we've seen this team already do pretty much all season.
0: I see our guy Kabilis is in chat. Whoa, did I miss Jericho? No, you did not. AEW star, Winnipeg's finest, Chris Jericho coming up in about five minutes. Of course, we'll also have, our next qualifying marbles race. We'll open that up at about 2 45. So get ready for that. You know what to do. Exclamation mark marbles. Uh, but Hammer, just on the way out. I know we've talked a lot of jets. I know you watched NFL on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, how about that Vikings game? Um, and oh did you did you put God, a man. little did you put a little live bet sprinkle on it at any point in the first half when it looked like uh they were probably not going to win, but you always know anything is possible, especially for some reason on these Saturday games as you get later in the season. What a! I didn't even know where to start with that.
4: No, but I did take them. I did take them. I took them on my pick'em pools and my pick'em pools were minus three and a half. And all I could think about was, you know, I said, this team, you know, I was cheering for the Vikings to lose after that, after they had gone down. And then we're slowly making their way through. Because all I could think about was if the impossible happens, what would the likelihood of it being, a, you know, a seven point you know, seven point victory. And I thought it was to be very low, but it's well, the just... funniest
0: thing is, is the way things worked out, like what they only did the one, two point convert at the end when they needed it, I kind of thought mm. that they would go for it on like the third touchdown or the fourth touchdown to at least know whether they got it or whether they were going to need to add on. They didn't. I, I kind of questioned Kevin O'Connor uh, for doing that, but anyways, it all worked out. And the funniest thing about it is that of course it goes to overtime. The Vikes get the ball first if they had just won the game Mark, on a touchdown in overtime, they would have actually covered the spread. No,
4: I know. Don't yeah, trust me. I understood this, it, the, the the potential outcomes. It's just when it comes to the Vikings and, you know, my colleague Taylor Allen, I give them I give them crap for it all the time just because, you know, I jumped on that train. They're the worst, you know, whatever they are now record-wise. They're a we fraud, were. blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't using fraud, but I was definitely. Whatever, just looking at some of the games that you could never really trust them. You know, you could never really trust them to cover spreads, or, but they could always pull out wins. And what a what a uh, what an incredible victory it was for them. And I don't know, that's just that's wild to me. It's absolutely wild. How can you how can you look at it any other way? You see the uh, see the end of that Pat's Raiders game? Yeah, of course I saw the end of the Pat's Raiders game. Is that I the stupidest horrible horrible. play in NFL history? Well, you know what it is. You know what it you know what it is to me. And you know what what was his name again? What's his name? Oh, um Maul, that's right shout out to matt
0: ryan like <laughs> the author If anyone was thinking oh should we maybe live bet this huge deficit remember yeah. who's playing quarterback for the other side oh you got to feel for yeah. that anyways but back but to who, the was, Patriots. who is the
4: guy who is the guy who tossed it again what's his name i think what, it was jacoby myers it's exactly jacoby myers so credit credit to him for talking afterwards and explaining himself <laughs> and taking accountability for it i I, I the one thing I thought you know what was so obvious to me was football players and it happens quite a bit they they you know they get caught up in the moment right right because like you you not, not in a, you know the whole the whole play the execution of that play was to go down go to overtime there was no plan whatsoever. Two for he was, um, he was blocking,
0: he, he from was blocking for Mondre blo- Stevenson. It caught right, him by right, surprise. Right,
4: right, for sure. But that's the play. It was a running play. But when Stevenson, there was no play in that in that discussion, was to lateral it to him. So I think once he lateraled him the ball, everything went out the window mentally. He immediately thought that they needed to score <laughs> yes. the play. And Wait, are we losing? Uh, instincts what? come into play, and you just toss it backwards because. The because in that situation it's a loss anyways so you just desperately throw it back and he and I think that's just had a you know for lack of a better term a bit of a brain fart and then just throws it back and it just happens to go to an expat who then posterizes you know <laughs> it's just I don't know it's just it's yeah like the it's, fact but, that what, it what happened. To what a Bill ending.
0: Belichick coach team is the most
4: incredible thing about, and it, it happened for the Raiders this yes! year. You look at their <laughs> season; it was like it was like the two teams you wouldn't expect it to be on on their respective ends. Um, it happened, so yeah, tr- certainly a terrific, terrific ending to an otherwise kind of boring game. What honest. do you got cooking this week in uh, in the fish wrap? Uh, I got today off. Back covering Jets tomorrow, and for the rest of the week, I'm doing the. Uh, I'm doing the Boston Washington trip, so I'm I'm rooting for Ovi to get shut out here. Everyone's feeling like tonight's the night. I'm feeling like it's going to take a couple games. He's going to cool off and then uh, and then find it uh, find that magic. Well, if history, if history
0: if history's any indicator, he has scored quite a few against this uh, franchise over the course of the years. I believe Absolutely. more than against anybody else in the National Hockey League. So. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Listen, dude, great having you on the program as all. Stay warm and uh, have a great trip out east.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot and uh, appreciate being on and shout out to the uh, the viewers. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll do it again next week.
0: You got it, man. There it is, our pal Jeff Hamilton joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk at Jeff K. Hamilton on Twitter. And make sure to check him out covering the Winnipeg Jets in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, Chris Jericho coming up in just a second do have to give a big happy holidays and a thanks for the wonderful support we continue to receive from our friends at Princess Auto. Princess Auto, proud Winnipeg company supporting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, of course, so many of our top curlers. Looking forward to some Princess Auto curling reports coming up into the new year. And, of course, Princess Auto is also the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Check them out in person, one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. And check out the website as well for some great holiday gift ideas. If you're stuck for that special person in your life, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of WST. Check them out online at princessauto.com. Uh, of course, our friends at Culligan Water are ready for the holidays. Uh, they've done this a few times before. Because they've been serving Winnipeg and Manitoba for over 65 years as a family-owned business, and when it comes to water and water needs and products, they have it all: water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Culligan has you covered. They're at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 204-694-5180 or Check them out online at drinkculligan.com. Big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, who, of course, are a, a mainstay around this time in so many homes. When you're making that trip before Christmas to your local Manitoba liquor marts and you're looking for whiskey, make sure you get Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, the legendary Canadian Club. And while you're checking out your other options, Bomber fans, make sure to take a peek at the Jim Beam display in the 20 largest Manitoba liquor marts because with a purchase of Jim Beam, you will get a free Bomber collector glass featuring either Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, or hometown hero Nick Dembski. Right now at your local Manitoba liquor marts, get ready for the holidays with Canadian Club and Jim Beam. And remember... All year long, but especially right now, do not drink and drive. And hey, interesting Monday Nighter tonight Packers and Rams, Baker Mayfield, and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Another primetime game for the Rams, although a little more interesting considering the way they ended up uh, the previous Thursday against the Raiders. No better place to take the game in on the big screen with big sound than your local Boston pizza. And by the way, the holiday menu at Boston Pizza is unreal. I've been telling you about that jalapeno popper dip. Uh, Absolutely five star. We've also got a crazy new mac and cheeseburger and some great seasonal pizzas as well, including the uh, Carbonara pizza. Uh, Pop down to your local BP tonight for Monday Night Football and your chance to win great prizes. Or if you're staying home, you can order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Been looking forward to this. Well, been looking forward to a few things. First of all, AEW All Elite Wrestling finally coming to Winnipeg for the first time, being led by Winnipeggers Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and of course the legendary Chris Jericho. And with tickets going on sale last Friday, heading into Christmas, we thought what better of an opportunity to bring on the legendary Chris Jericho than right now. Let's welcome him in now to Winnipeg Sports Chris, Talk. Chris, thanks so much for doing this. Great to have you uh Back on the air in the peg. What's up?
5: Yeah, we're excited, man. It's going to be a, a great night. And um, I'm really, really kind of pleasantly surprised, if that's the right word, that that our second ever Canadian show is Winnipeg. So um, I can't think of a better city to, to, to be coming to uh, than Winnipeg. It's such a great wrestling town. It's such a great Chris Jericho town. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for Winnipeg, there might not be an AEW because the whole company was kind of kickstarted on the uh, headlining match that Kenny Omega and I had at the Tokyo Dome in 2018 that was facilitated by Don Callis. So three Winnipeggers putting together this kind of dream match, which is where Tony Khan uh, got the idea that you could do some good business in the States with a new wrestling company. So um, that's kind of where it all started. So it's very much poetic justice for us to become in Winnipeg so early on in our uh, tenure at the AEW.
0: I mean, as a, as a, as a Winnipeg native and a guy that's been all around the world multiple times, um, how long have you guys been working on this, and how long have you hoped to be here with the other Winnipeggers that you mentioned in the big arena with AEW for the first time?
5: Well, I mean, I have a lot of you know kind of influence and a lot of uh, a, a lot of say, let's say in AEW, but but I'm not kind of have anything to do with the booking of the towns. So um, I was surprised when, when I was told. I was like, man, this is going to be great. It wasn't like I was consulted about it anything like that. So um, anytime you can go to a hotbed of a wrestling city like Winnipeg, whether I was from Winnipeg or not, it's a bonus. But the fact that, you know, it's my hometown makes it even more special. So, um, but, you know, life on the road will probably come into town on Monday and be gone on Wednesday. You know, the ship's passing in the night, but that's okay. Uh, the show's the most important thing. And um, it's going to be a party. I think anybody that watches AEW can see that and, and sees the vibe of our show, uh, how crazy the crowds get, how much fun the crowds have. I mean, we were in Dallas last Wednesday, one of the loudest crowds I've ever been in front of in my entire career. So I'm expecting Winnipeg to, to mimic that. Cause like I said, it's always been, I mean, we know how crazy Winnipeg is for jets games and, and jets in the playoffs and that sort of thing. So I think we're going to have the same vibe when AEW comes to town.
0: Uh, we've had people talking about this, asking for it for uh, really since the first day we went on the air as Winnipeg Sports Talk. And now it's finally happening You yeah. for people that are maybe less familiar with AEW and folks, you can check it out. It's Wednesdays, TSN two 7 p.m. Uh, for the weekly uh, Dynamite show. Uh, what's it been like being at the forefront of the rise of a new company and uh, the success you guys have had at building it over the last few years?
5: Well, I think that that's the key, you know, at the rise and kind of being here from day one. And I think a lot of our fans have that same uh, level of, of, uh, you know, uh, of, of kind of stake in the game. Uh, they, they they believe in AW because they were there from the start. And it's very rare that you can be a part of something so big so quickly from day one. And I think that's something that made us special and distance us a little bit from, from other wrestling companies Uh, I think we had a little bit of a new attitude towards pro wrestling because most of the roster had never been featured regularly on a national basis. Most of them were kind of worldwide stars. And even though there was a lot of them from the States and from Canada, people hadn't really seen a lot of them. So everybody's kind of fresh. And that's another thing that, that, that we kind of brought to the table early on was, was something completely different um, from what was going on in wrestling at the time. And and, and people gravitated towards us. And then sort of right out of the gate, we had a hit show. And to have a hit television show in this day and age is no mean feat. Uh, and the show still finishes, you know, top five every single week. And if there's no NBA on, we usually finish number one. So I think all of those factors contributed to AEW having kind of a cool vibe to it it's the cool wrestling company and we we still have that we're still early on like I said and there's growing pains at times but when you watch the show from from beginning to end it's a a great two hours it's very exciting it's a lot of fun and that's what it's all about so we look forward to bringing our brand of fun to uh, one of the funnest cities in Canada in Winnipeg Chris Jericho is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk (laughs) March
0: 14th AEW debuts for the first time at Canada Life Centre. Tickets are on sale right now. You sort of laid it out, Chris. I mean, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and yourself. I mean, Winnipeg fingerprints are... Well, Winnipeg is almost the DNA of AEW in a lot of ways. But um, when people ask you outside of the market about Winnipeg as a wrestling city, um, what comes to mind? And um, how do you think that might translate into uh, such a special event on the 14th of March?
5: Well, I mean Winnipeg's always been a wrestling city. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons why I fell in love with wrestling so early on with with the AWA coming to town so much, you know. And then and then, you know, WWF kind of taking that over and and even when I started wrestling in Winnipeg myself with WWE, um uh, you could always go there. I mean, I think one of the last matches I had there was against John Moxley and I was a really hated bad guy. Uh, And he was a really adored, good guy. But the moment I walk out there, I mean, obviously I'm the, I'm the hero of the city. So we, we switched, we switched it on the fly, you know, and and, and switched roles. So I think Winnipeg is just one of those cities. I don't know what it is. It's like Milwaukee or Chicago or Detroit or Dallas, just kind of rich in wrestling tradition. And, you know, people talk about Calgary being a great wrestling city. Winnipeg blows Calgary out of the water. Uh, And I would say, you know, you take our four best pro wrestlers from Winnipeg in Kenny, Don, Jericho, and Roddy Piper, and I think our four best beat any four best from any other city, including Calgary. You know, take Owen and Bret Hart out of the equation, and, and Calgary kind of falls by the wayside. Winnipeg has the best wrestlers. Winnipeg has the best fans. And Winnipeg's probably the best wrestling city. Um, and so that's why I, I think it's really exciting. And I don't think people realize within the company, just how great Winnipeg is going to be. Uh, and I think once we go there, I think that then kind of the the, the the heads of state and AEW are going to go, holy smokes, this this city's awesome. We need to come here, you know, once a year or whatever it may be. So it, to me, it's kind of like this hidden gem on the wrestling calendar. Of course, we've been to Chicago a bunch of times. It's always great. And same with all those other cities I mentioned. But you ain't seen nothing until you come to Winnipeg, man. And I know this. Um, and, and like I said, I don't think a lot of other people realize it. To them, it might be just another show on the uh, on the calendar. But when they get there, it's going to be a different story.
0: Oh, I think people are going to find out very quickly what a big AEW town is, uh, Winnipeg, is on the 14th of March. Of course, you're going to be doing it at down at Canada Life Centre. You've been paying attention to the Jets' hot start this year, and what's it going to be like uh, wrestling in that building for the first time with AEW?
5: Well, it's always great because, I mean, since that arena was built, I think when it was first built, just the moose were in there. Um, So every time you go there, you'd get a moose jersey. And then I think the last time the Jets had come back, so then you get the Jets jersey. So, you know, I'm expecting a a Jets jersey when I come to town, as always. But um, once again, I mean, one of the greatest hockey cities in the world is Winnipeg. And you know, when the Jets left in, in 05, it kind of ripped out the heart of the city. And when they came back, it gave us new life. I remember just like the rumors, like there's no way. Are they really coming back? They're coming back. Uh, it's a big deal. You know, it gets it gets Winnipeg mentioned, you know, nightly in you know, Miami or LA or Phoenix. You know, the, the Jets score comes up on the screen. So um, I'm very proud of the Jets. I got a Winnipeg Jets tattoo, Jason the terrible. <laughs> Jason Voorhees with a Winnipeg Jets logo on his mask, you know I mean? It's like, it's inked on my body. So even though sometimes you don't follow the team as much as, you know, living in in Florida, it's hard to follow the Jets. But just the concept of the Jets that I check in every few weeks to see how they're doing, you know, I was just talking the other day with Vinnie Paul, the late great Vinnie Paul from, from Pantera. The last message I ever got from when he passed away was a message that that the, the Knights had beat the Jets because he lived in Vegas and we had a little rivalry about the Knights and the Jets. So, it, you know, it, it kind of takes things to a different level when you are uh, from Winnipeg. Everyone knows the Jets if you're a hockey fan and everyone equates me with the Jets because I'm from Winnipeg.
0: Chris Jericho is with us. Chris, when you come back, I know it'll be a lot of work and it'll be a very busy couple days, but I have to ask you as a Winnipeg guy that now lives abroad and travels all around the world, when you come back home, what are your must hit spots in Winnipeg, even on a quick trip for Chris Jericho when you're back in the peg? DJ's pizza.
5: It's my all time favorite pizza. And uh,
0: you have a pizza there on the menu. Have, if I'm not I mistaken.
5: Been, when I was a kid, all I ever got was pepperoni and ground beef. And now that's called the Jericho. And um, I'm headed back home for Christmas. Actually, I'm having kind of like a high school reunion at DJ's pizza. So I love DJ's. And every time I come to town, I always make sure to swing by and, and grab grab a pizza for sure. So that, that's probably number one on the list um, at this point in time.
0: Back in the mean <laughs> streets of St. James, you uh, hit, hit the ODR. Are you going to bring the skates?
5: Yeah, man, I haven't skated in a while. It's funny because the last, uh, the last few times I skated, I played in, in uh, Chris Reeve when he was alive, had a super skate at, at the Garden, New York City every year. And I played three years in a row. And I actually scored a goal. On Kirk McLean in Madison Square Garden, and it wasn't like a slip. Celeb- I fucked I'm sorry. I nailed that slap shot right over his his uh his, his shoulder. So once you score a goal in Madison Square Garden and have a fight with your dad on the ice, it doesn't get much higher than that. So I haven't really played much since then. <laughs> Chris uh, thanks so much for doing this I just have to ask you back to
0: what's happening in AEW right now as we get ready for the debut here in the peg on the 14th of March who's on the hist list for you in the Jericho Appreciation Society do we know who you'll be going up against that point or do you have more immediate foes that uh will be getting the business uh starting on Wednesday
5: well I mean like I said that's three months from now so we'll have to see where the storylines take us um we just finished up with the Blackpool Combat Club and then of course the biggest upset in pro wrestling history when Action Andretti beat me on Dynamite last week. So uh, we'll have to address that. Uh, Ricky Starks I think is another one that we're kind of looking at uh, uh, getting involved with. So there's a lot of great programs and that's the thing for me in the Jericho Appreciation Society. We always want to work with some s- somebody new uh, and, and really sink our teeth into a storyline. So I think in mid-March, we'll probably have a lot of cool things going on. And we've already kind of discussed a few ideas about what we, what we could do that night. Maybe something with Kenny and I, maybe some with Kenny and I tag, tagging. But it all depends on on, on what the storylines are. And like I said, it doesn't matter what the exact storylines are. I know it's going to be a great show. Tony Khan puts on a pay-per-view level show every week. And I think that's going to be even more amplified when we get to Winnipeg, which is going to be a huge crowd it's gonna be a huge night for us, and it's gonna be, uh, like I said, I'm expecting one of the most energetic, loudest, craziest crowds of the year uh, in March in Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna uh, maybe set a new record for volume singing Judas when uh, you come <laughs> out right. on the, yeah, that yeah, night yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. uh, I guess just on the way out for folks that are thinking about it, maybe grabbing tickets in time for Christmas or getting ready for this AEW yes. uh, debut. What are they gonna see when you and the stars of AEW come uh, come to town here in the Peg?
5: Well, I think we just basically said that. I think it's going to be a great night. It's going to be super exciting, and it's the debut. You only get one chance to make a first impression, and I think AEW, we know how to do that. We know how to make a great first impression. Uh, There'd be no AEW if it wasn't for Winnipeg. So, yeah, go buy a pair of tickets and put them in somebody's stocking. That was always my favorite thing when I was a kid. There was always wrestling tickets in my stocking, and it was one of the coolest things. And before we go, I just want to give a shout-out to a long-time winnipeg wrestling promoter bob holiday um i think he's kind of uh experiencing probably the the final days uh of his life so uh thanks to bob holiday for all he did for chris jericho and for all he did for winnipeg wrestling as a whole so i'm gonna uh make this uh dedicate this winnipeg show on march 13th to to bob holiday uh and everything he did for, for me and for for uh canadian pro wrestling in general
0: I'm glad you said that, Bob Holiday, is synonymous with uh, the business here in the Peg. Of course, his longtime work with the Winnipeg Sun and yeah, an yeah. all-time legend himself. Chris, we'll see you in AEW on March 14th here. March in the Peg. 14th, not the great holiday. March
5: 14th, I'll be there. Thanks for doing this. Bring the DJs.
0: Oh man, that was a lot of fun. Chris Jericho himself aew march 14th we'll be there stay tuned in the new year to winnipeg sports talk we'll have another chance for you to win tickets with us for the big show at canada life center and uh, yeah if you haven't checked it out before wednesdays 7 p.m tsn2 is where you'll get all the action and uh, as i said it will be a special tuesday edition of dynamite right here in winnipeg and Just getting, like I said, my guy Jets Pope just firing me a DM. I mean, uh, everyone fired up about it. I I would love it to be Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Don Callis in the corner. I mean, that would truly be the ultimate Winnipeg main event for AEW's uh, debut here in the peg. And listen, if you got a wrestling fan in the family, that would be a great, as Chris said. Nothing better to throw in the stocking or for a gift coming up on the 25th than uh, seats for uh, the big event here in Winnipeg. I got to give a big shout out to our friend Nick and Nikki and their great work. I guess I'm in charge of a dessert for Christmas dinner. So I think I might have to be uh, practicing what I preach and getting a DQ ice cream cake for the holidays should be a lot of fun. And uh, listen, I mean, dessert, always great around the holidays. But um, if you're like me and are tasked with bringing dessert why not give Nick and Nikki a buzz? And uh, you can pop down to any of their four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. They've always got delicious DQ ice cream cakes ready to go. But if you do want something a little custom, hit them up on Instagram, at DQ Manitoba. They'll uh, do it however you like, get it ready for you for a quick and easy pickup. And while you're there, jump on one of those stack burgers. Thank me later for that. Nick and Nikki DQ's four locations, Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. And uh, we're always grateful for their support with us before we even did one show of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And hey, speaking of longtime sponsors, perfect for this time of year, how about our friends over at Little Brown Jug? I did mention it was a nice weekend, got out a little bit, utilized Uber services, and uh, enjoyed a few 1919s. And this is a great time. If you are getting together with friends you haven't seen uh, for a while, or maybe some friends coming back into town, why not meet up at the uh, brewery and tap room down on William Avenue at little Brown jug HQ. Of course, uh, WS tears. Remember is the, uh, we did a live show there. We of course did the sports trivia night. Uh, it's the best spot to go for little Brown jug because of course it's all made there. It's all on tap. You can try all the great beers, including some specifically for the holiday season and grab it along with a great selection of merchandise. But if you can't make it down to Little Brown Jug, they'll also deliver it to you citywide. Go to littlebrownjug.ca, check out all the beers as well as the merchandise. Make your order and they'll deliver it to you anywhere inside the city of Winnipeg. And if you're popping by your local beer store, check out the Little Brown Jug section and uh, fine bars and restaurants will also have 1919 on tap. Winnipeg's favorite local beer. Um, all right. We've got lots to get to. Marbles are open right now. If you don't already have uh, your entry in, well, now's the time to do it. Go into the chat, put exclamation mark. Marbles will uh, get to the marble race in about five minutes. Um, Remo, before we get to the Cool Bet lines, though, there is a couple things coming out of the weekend that I know you wanted to talk about. Um I will admit, and I think Jeff Kabilis tweeted this out, but for any of us that were watching the Vancouver game on Saturday night, at one point, the boards completely went black. I immediately thought of you that you were freaking out, I'm sure, as that happened last night. Can
1: you confirm? 100%. 100%. (laughs) I was at home losing it. And, um, you know... I hate that when they first came out, I hated them. I think it looks, I don't think it looks that great. And here, I'll throw up the picture here. And I was at home. I was scrambling to take a picture of it, (laughs) send out a tweet. (laughs) It's just so embarrassing for the NHL for stuff like this to happen. And some bot messaged me like, it was only three seconds. And look, I'm sure they're making so much money from selling way more ads during the game. And you know you get to sell ads for home and road games. I get it, but they are hard on your eyes, HRR, they,
0: bro. They, HRR, they're hard
1: on your eyes. It's been scientifically proven. They distract from the game. There's frequent glitching when action is near the boards, and you have stuff like this. And I think what added insult to injury was, you know, Gary Bettman basically insulting everyone over the weekend or last week at the meetings saying they're working extraordinarily well i'm sure working extraordinarily er, and extra people really like well them. at generating revenue saying people are tuning in more because of them it's so <laughs> insulting to the fans and it made me even more angry that ma- that made it worse acknowledge <laughs> that there's issues be real come on i'm sure but again i'm sure they're making so much money from from these like yeah, tons And so I tweeted out, where's the other one? I tweeted out, the ads are working extraordinarily well. I tweeted out, ad backlash is a non-issue. They suck. They're horrible. (laughs) Like, they're so bad. Okay, (laughs) this is exactly what I expected
0: that he was saying to himself after putting the little ones to bed. Watching this as it happened Saturday night and we pretty much got exactly what and, you had said.
1: And I hear the comment from all soccer has it too. The soccer field is so much bigger that they're kind of in the background. These are literally in your face. Like you're trying to watch a power play and there's like cars whizzing by. There's like <laughs> transitions for all the ads. It's it's gross. And I love, you know, commercialization of everything. Like I don't give a I don't care about ads in my face. I don't care about ads on the jerseys, but I care about the game being impacted. And this impacts the game negatively. I don't know how you, anyone can disagree <laughs> with that. How can you disagree? Uh, I knew we would be I disappointed love, bringing this like, up today on the it, program. It's worse than the glow puck. I love the glow puck. The glow puck is the coolest thing ever. This sucks.
0: I, I, I still think that there should be, the technology should be there, that you should have an option if you want to watch it. it with
1: the glow puck. And don't you love when one ad Um, takes up every single space on the boards because you know how they couldn't do that before. I had to Google during the game, showed it to this watch company I had never heard of. Sorry, hold on. I have to. Oh, so so the ads are working. Oh, of course. I'm telling you, this is how great they were. Oris watches. They took up every, they took up every space on the board during the game. I had to Google what they were. Now I I know I'm getting for Christmas. Oris watch.
0: Well, it'll be funny, just speaking of advertising, I mean, and we'll get more into the World Junior later on this week. Uh, I'm fascinated to see what the boards look like at the World Juniors, because I think we all know how many of the Premier Canada hockey Mm -hmm. sponsors wanted to uh, be far, far away from anything associated with the men's program, and specifically the World Junior program. So that'll be something that uh, we'll get to uh, a little bit later on this week. Uh, There was also a Twitter incident today that I think we need to address, and Lo and behold, the tweet, I believe, is already gone. But um, former Ottawa Senators, defenseman Mark Mathot, taking a big shot, not really at Winnipeg, but sort of at Winnipeg, but uh, at the Fairmont Hotel, claiming it's the worst hotel in the league, Remo, and um, got a lot of brushback to the point where he actually deleted the tweet. He had to... Take his tweet and go home.
1: Yeah, that's kind of... S- I don't like when people delete tweets. Like, it's out there. People saw it. You don't need to delete it. I like... You know, I respect Mark Mathot's opinions. And he put out a hot take. You gotta be there for the backlash. And what do you say? Worst road city. Shit weather. slattered the Fairmonts. Someone said the Fairmont lawyer called him because he said they had zappy sheets. Which is not correct. He said the paper-thin <laughs> walls and loud doors. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, let me. I'll bring it up. This is the tweets. People have been asking us to talk about it. And, like, I don't know. Like, who cares what Mark Mathod has to say? He says, Worst hotel in the NHL, the Fairmont in Winnipeg. Paper thin walls, very loud doors, bed sheets that zap you upon entry, shit weather, almost no nearby restaurants, tough scene. Call me a prima donna. I don't care. Well, apparently, you're a prima donna, Mark. He really does Madonna. care. He deleted it. Um, I, mean, I was like, You're the Fairmont. It, it is kind of far. I mean, there's a lot of good restaurants there. That is not. It's kind of a far walk. And Darren Bombing pointed out a lot of NHL teams stay at the Delta now because it is closer to the arena, and um, I think there's more stuff around there. So I mean, I didn't think it was a. I mean, you could have said it maybe like more nicely and like without slandering the the bed sheets. But like, yeah. Listen.
0: We will handle a lot on this program, Mm -hmm. but when you start ripping the sheets at the Fairmont, Mm -hmm. that's when we draw the line on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Fairmont, legendary institution, hotel-wise in this city, and um, we'll have none of it. And obviously, I'm not sure, I would have loved to have heard, oh, the Fairmont is filing suit against Mark make making a much bigger of a deal than it already
1: was. The Fairmont should file suit. He called them, (laughs) he said zappy bedsheets. I mean, who's going to stay there now? You probably costs them some serious business. And I see people writing um, restaurants. He said almost no. It's like Highs and Earls. Like, what else? That's a, that's an insane take. Um, I mean, listen, anyone. As, I know and Sarah Orleski of... said,
0: actually, that's not right, Mark. And uh be happy to show you the next time you're in town. But of course, he's not playing anymore. What's he coming? He's not even allowed. He's banned from Winnipeg. He can beat it. He can go to the culturally soulless city of Ottawa,
1: and, Ontario, where well, no one's from other... Ottawa. And there it's a bunch of uh, pencil pushing bureaucrats, the other, the comments in response were like, well, you played in Ottawa where the arena is like an hour away from anything. <laughs> so yeah. How are, how are the, uh, how are the
0: restaurants around the Canadian tire center?
1: Yeah. There's so...
0: nothing there if anyone's been there before. So anyways, Mark, Mathot took the L today and hopefully his former team will take the L tomorrow when the Jets take on the Ottawa Senators Hmm. for a quick one game at home before hitting the road for Boston and Washington before the Christmas break. John Abbott's going to join us tomorrow on the program for the latest on the Sens. We'll also have Jamie Thomas and Mike McIntyre, so it should be a real good show getting ready for a lot of hockey this week before a couple days off, uh, deserved days off for the Winnipeg Jets for the Christmas break.
1: One more thing before we get to the lines. Uh, We talked on Friday, Mike Sawatsky with the report in the free press. Yes. That the ice were fined $500,000 for not building a new arena. The ice put out the statement later that day. They must have been watching the show and said fake news. Uh, Not true. Reports are false and inaccurate. Uh, they continue to work with the WHL continues to work with the ice regarding a solution to the club's long-term plans for a facility in Winnipeg. So, and the free press had to walk back the report, although they did say, uh, so what uh, several sources told the free press that they were penalized. So (laughs) I don't know what got lost in translation. I will say though, you know, there's a lot of top questions in the chat when we do this show. The first one was, who's the new play-by-play guy? That was last summer. Yep. The other one, every single time we talk ice, every single time, what is the plan with the new arena and the updates we've been given is there's no update. So I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, listen,
0: there's been nothing happening on that. And, you know, that was a question where, I mean, listen, the pandemic absolutely impacted everyone. I had heard that, you know, they had dialed back or were waiting on it because, you know, like many people, building something for large public gatherings Um, I think they were afraid, and logic would tell you, they were afraid that there would be some major changes with building codes, how buildings would be built, how seatings would be configured, and all of that. So probably not a great time to be investing millions of dollars into something that, you know, by the time it's ready, might not be up to snuff. But uh, I think everyone agrees that the ICE could really use a new home. The team is phenomenal Um, and I still can't believe that there's no members of the ice on uh, the world juniors for the, uh, for team Canada, but um, that's our gain right now, because um, they're playing some great hockey uh, when you get out to see them. And uh, obviously a next win against the uh, Wheaties on the weekend uh, over at the, uh, at the ice cave. Uh, But yeah, the ice put out that statement, um, basically denying the reports that they'd been fined the 500 grand and, We talked about it on Friday, and uh, yeah, they did get uh, some clarity out to everyone on the weekend. That'll be something we'll pay attention to and be on. would love to have some good news about a new midsize arena in the city. Certainly, I think, between the ice, the new basketball club, there'd be plenty of potential for it. Although, I am pumped to see the Seabears play at Canada Life Centre. Sort of giving me vibes of the uh, debut of the Thunder to great success back in the late 90s. All right, we got to get to marbles. Just before we do that, let's get to... The cool bet lines, shout out lock shoppers. Another win in the partner parlay. and We just about went two for 2 still angry about the way that night game ended last night between the uh, Commanders and Giants after the Jets finished up in Seattle. That being said, we do have one game tonight and uh, it's the Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. Baker Mayfield, after his magical first game comeback, is now on the way to... Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. And it is frozen right now. I was checking earlier. It was minus nine Celsius. Not sure it's going to be getting any warmer come game time. I think that'll be a big advantage for the Green Bay Packers. They're seven and a half point favorites right now. And the total has not moved all day 39 and a half. Packers minus 345 on the money line. And the Rams, if you think Baker's got another upset, it'll pay plus 308 for tonight's game hit today's lock shop over at the lock shop bets YouTube channel if you want more analysis on the National Football League and tonight's game as far as the National Hockey League goes Panthers and Bruins tonight in Boston Boston a minus 195 favorite Dallas Stars and Columbus Blue Jackets in Seabus Dallas a big minus 240 favorite Red Wings and Capitals in DC Washington -183 favorite, Andrew Copp in and the Red Wings plus 154 on the road. Edmonton has dominated Nashville this year. Stuart Skinner by the way, new 3-year deal, 2.6 million a year. Um they're back at the Oilers are back in Nashville after losing to the Ducks in regulation on the weekend. Leon Draisaitl has 10 points in 2 games against the Nashville Predators. So uh Check your point props for that Oilers game. Oilers a slight favorite, minus 116. Preds minus 102. We've also got the Islanders and Avalanche. Avalanche minus 152 favorites at home. And the Coyotes minus 125 favorites. Not too often the Arizona Coyotes are favored. Well, they are tonight against the Habs. And uh, the Buffalo Sabres coming off a 5 2 win in the desert at Mullet Arena take their show to Vegas. Golden Knights minus 160. Buffalo Sabres plus 135. And holy smokes, one more game as well. Straight up pick them between the Blues and the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks looking to be much better than they were against the Jets. And I think all Jets fans would love it if they could uh, hand the St. Louis Blues a loss tonight. All those games, NFL and more up at Cool Bet. And for you fantasy players tomorrow. Fantasy football extravaganza playoff edition of the lock shop tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, Oh, by the way, if you haven't played a cool bet before, what are you waiting for? And use the promo code WST when you register, get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right, Remo, let's uh, let's close up the marbles and get on with the race.
1: Closing it up here. Closing. I'm
0: closing it right now. Jeffrey Kohut and Chut. Damn, I miss Chris Jericho. Well, good news, Jeffrey. Through the magic of YouTube, you can uh, just basically watch the marble race and then just dial it back about 20, 25 minutes and check out the entire Jericho interview. And I'm sure we'll be posting that as a standalone as well in the days to come on the Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube channel as well. All right. Registration is closed for today's race. Uh, and as has been the norm throughout the 12 Days of Marbles, the genius of Tristan Rivers' music, and of course Candice helping him out with the incredible videos. I believe, once again, we have a new version of the Marbles song, and by the way, if you missed Kenny and Rennie last night, a flute version of Sandstorm for Scott Billick for his entrance music into Kenny and Rennie. Another classic last night from uh, Tristan Rivers' music. But we're playing the hits, and there's no bigger hit than the Marble Race theme on Winnipeg
1: Sports Talk. We ready to drop it, Reem? Yeah, just about. And I do see people in chat, house, a number of people, including myself, saying they have the Marble Race theme song stuck in their head. I'm one of them. I've been walking around a week singing. Uh, I've been singing it to myself all the time. We got uh, to
0: figure out how to make it a
1: ringtone. That'll be another great gift oh, for uh, WSTers coming up this week. I, I can do. I could do. Sure. I which version? But now it's like which version is your favorite? There's so many of them. I, I don't know if we killed the song or just made it way better. Well, no. There's also. I think the original is still what we'd probably do for the, uh,
0: for the ringtone. Yeah. But as they say, who knows? By the end of the tournament of champions, there might be a new favorite. Um. While well, that being said, we've got a new contender. A new offering from Tristan Rivers, and uh, here it is. Today's Marbles theme was we get ready for the qualifying race number eight in the Tournament of Champions. Oh, man, another incredible version of the always popular Marbles theme by Tristan Rivers Music. A lot of people going with the Bon Jovi
1: version today, Reem. A lot of people are, everyone's guessing Bon Jovi, and I can see why you would think that. But what was told to me, this was in the style of Backstreet Boy. Ooh, Backstreet. But, but I can, I, I can see why you would think it was Bon Jovi, um... With the guitar and the harmonies and the, the high nasally voice, well, here's the thing: the Marbles theme just rocks so hard that it's almost impossible to turn it into a Backstreet Boys tune, just because it has that much rock and power. Backstreet Boys are pretty awesome. It's, it did sound like "I'm um, Larger Than Life" to me by Backstreet Boys, but that now oh, I'm like, yeah. well, now I'm thinking here, sitting like, uh, are Backstreet Boys just ripping off Bon Jovi? <laughs>
0: Oh, man. All right. Let's get to the marbles, folks. Again, uh, if you've just popped in or you joined us for Chris Jericho and you're wondering what's up with the marble race, normally we do this on Friday afternoons throughout the year, but you've come at the right time. In the middle of the marbles tournament of champions, our friends at Consolidated Supply have given us a pair of 2023 bomber season tickets. Those will be given out to the winner of the race On Friday, December 30th. To get in the race, you need to be one of the top three marbles in one of our qualifying races. Shout out to everyone that's qualified already. There is an opportunity also to get one of three marbles through our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash marbles. We'll be picking three through there, and uh, we'll also let you know about one other final chance through a social media promo for three more along with our friends at Consolidated Supply. That being said, it's race number eight. Where are we going today, Remo? The funnel? What do you think of the funnel? Well, the funnel was awesome. We can definitely do that at some point this week. Um, But I think if we do the funnel this week, then we'll go with different ones for the rest of the way.
1: I don't think we did the funnel, did we? I thought we did the funnel last Thursday, didn't we? I don't remember the Delta. What's the Delta? Want to just do that?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I I'm I'm with. Uh, yeah, I I don't remember the Delta. Neither do I. But it's right up there near the top
1: of it, so I think it should be a good one. Sure. I forget what we did on Friday. I think we did um, we did a uh, coils of power. How many races? Oh, have this we race. Oh
0: no. yeah, no no no. This one's terrible. It. This is just doing. the. Uh, it's just
1: like the Indy 500 track. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel. Sean says we did the fun. Oh, it's people saying we did the funnel. Okay. Yeah, we did the funnel on Thursday. Oh, Thursday. I think someone wants to do few will survive. It's pretty short. No, let's go. What about, uh, what about endurance test? Sure. Where is it? Where's that one? It's number eight. Sure. I'll do that. Let's see about this one. I sort of do like the,
0: when we bring a new one in that we haven't seen this. If you can read this, your monitor is upside down. (laughs) Uh, All right. This one looks solid. Yeah, here we go. Going into a big funnel. This one's called the Endurance Test. Again, good luck to everybody. Thanks again to Consolidated Supply. Bomber season tickets on the line. December 30th, three marbles. Our top three will qualify for the big race, Remo, without further ado, on a Monday, getting our final pre-Christmas week show. Or sorry,
1: we have shows all week, but the final week before Christmas. You know what I'm seeing. Anyways,
0: let's go. Marble race time on
1: WST. Okay. I'm hitting go, but as I hit go, Tristan Rivers has a comment in chat. He says, I wasn't trying to make Bon Jovi, but it makes complete sense that by the end, it just became Bon Jovi by accident. So yes. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with it. With the chad that it did sound like Bonjo.
0: Uh, here we go. Ross Ransby with a nice little Ross seems to be maybe slightly ahead, although he's a little bit higher on the list right now. Who is uh who's coming through first? Cold enough, bullish Bradley Wade Wilson in the mix. Cold enough. There's Mark A. A regular Mike Cochran, Winnipeg in the mix. Kochi, we see. So cold enough, and Kochi looking pretty good. Oh, we've got some, okay. Now everyone's gone. a Bardo, Bridget, Bridget's had a good run here as of late. Evan Hunter in the mix going on the right side. Now, Bo, bullish Bradley, Mike Cochran, Winnipeg. This I can just tell this one is going to be a crazy, crazy end. And Bo, is that Nate Bull you? Yeah, it might be. Nate you big WST guy for sure. Bridget just taking taking that obstacle perfectly. Mike Cochran, Winnipeg, looking pretty good. Coach he's in the mix as well. This is uh this is this is a good one. There's lots going on. Oh, Mike Cochran, Winnipeg actually, I think just maybe took the lead. Here we go. Mike Cochran looking very very good. This is similar to the funnel. Bridget in second. And uh, Corey, Corey Bellinger, I believe. And Bridget's had good transitions through some of these, uh, some of these obstacles, although it might have ended right now. Mike Cochran with a heck of a move. Looks like Mike Cochran is in the pole position, but he's slowing down a little bit. Will he have enough? Yes. All right. Who's going to be third and second? Jeff Wozni, and T Kona Polly. Oh yeah. T Kona Polly is gonna lose it in the chat when he sees this. This is gonna be great. All right, so Mike Cochran Winnipeg, Jeff Wozny and T Kona Polly are our top three. Got a feel for jno no Remo. We're going to have to see the, the timing on those, but there was not a lot of difference between number three and number four in this one.
1: That was real tight, and it looked like uh Bardot had a huge lead and just couldn't quite make it past that last obstacle. Didn't even finish top 10. Look at Tristan Rivers' music again. is already
0: qualified and then comes in seventh today. All over it right now. In uh, in these myths, uh, Dino Apostolopoulos taking his sweet time to come down to be the final marble in. All right, let's check these final results. Jana Geno- Pauly, Jeff Wozny in at two eleven, and uh, yeah, about a half second back was Jano. Corey DeGagne in fifth, LeBerry in sixth, Tristan Rivers Music as we mentioned in seventh, Jerry Brown eighth, Kalen Lim ninth and uh former jet defenseman nate bull you shout out to nate yeah Love the fact <laughs> that he still pops in and checks out the show even though he's playing for the ducks right now uh that was quite the race uh ross Ransby, i see I see you roscoe 17th in it um so mike cochran jeff wozny t Polly, do us a favor Hit us up with, um, just send us a quick email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com to make sure we've got your like your name, your contact info, your phone number, uh, just in case we need to contact you. And put it in your calendars right now. You're invited to 245 on Friday, December 30th. Our final act on Winnipeg Sports Talk this year is going to be the championship race of the Consolidated Supply Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles Tournament of Champions. Can't thank the guys enough. Uh, Spicy Joe and the gang over at Consolidated Remo because this has ended up being one of my favorite things we've done all year, doing these two and a half weeks of uh, marble races every day. And uh, people have been loving it. And
1: We can tell by the numbers at the end of the show. I do see a lot of people tuning in uh, for the marble race. So uh, very exciting. I'm very curious what's going to happen uh, at the finale on the 30th but uh yeah this is this has been great here uh nice thing to do during the holiday season nicely done
0: nicely done all right yeah there were (laughs) royal sports one of those royal sports payables i believe there's a couple people everyone at royal is probably tuned in to what's going on and speaking of royal if you're looking for a wst hat we've got a great new line of them couple new colors, including that bomber version that I wore on the show earlier with the WST wordmark. Get them at Royal Sports right now. They're there and uh, we will be putting some up on the website a little later on, but I mean, no better place to go pop into Royal, take all care of all your Christmas shopping and get one of those WST lids before or afterwards. Hey, we've got a lot of people. Can we get to 200 likes folks? Hit that thumbs up on your way out if you don't mind. And the hats are on the website right now as well. Um, So yeah, hit the thumbs up on your way out. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and join us again tomorrow. We'll have lots of hockey talk. John Abbott, Jamie Thomas, Mike McIntyre, Jets and sends tomorrow. We'll recap Monday Night Football, talk a little bit more about the playoff picture in the National Football League heading into the next three weeks of the regular season, and then of course get ready for the Jets for a quick stop at home before heading out to Boston and to Washington. We'll have the latest on the lineup for tomorrow night's game, and of course the latest from Head Coach Rick Bonus on his team's one-day stop at home to welcome in the Ottawa Senators. Thanks so much to all of our guests today, including Scott Billick, Jeff Hamilton, and the legend himself, Chris Jericho. Don't forget, tickets on sale now, AEW, March 14th at Canada Life Centre. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Have a great night. Stay warm, and we'll catch you tomorrow afternoon right here on WST. Oh, my God! Oh! Shut it down!